Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silver and Gold! Coming to the ring, from parts unknown, at a combined weight of 853 pounds, pick a loaf and Dr. Zong! Welcome to the shoe. Um, yeah, I'm here, and Zom is too. I think. Yeah, I yeah. is. Um, this week on the shoe, uh, we're doing the Great Silence, 1968, or Il Grande Silenzio, and Aguirre, the the Wrath of God, or Aguirre Der Zorn Gottes. I don't know how to say. I don't know how to speak in German, but we'll say it's close enough. Um, the Klaus Kinski is the double feature. We weren't really ready to make him a magnificent bastard, I guess. So. <laughs> bastard. Just a bastard. <laughs> Just a bastard. It's our bastard show. Yeah. Zom, how are you, sir? I feel swell. I feel yeah. uh, invigorated. I've been eating a lot of, uh, uh, putting a lot of nuts in my mouth. Yeah. Uh, I, uh... Just, just everything was really good. I mean, it's all right. Man, nothing really great. Nothing going on. It's actually not that great. It's okay. <laughs> the more you, the more you think about it. Yeah, it's nothing. Just it's keeps just tumbling. Like, well, it's just kind of like existence, with yeah. nothing to look forward to, nowhere to go, nothing to do. Just and cold. So it's really not really that great. Darkness. No, well, uh, yeah. Solitude. Yeah. It's happening. <laughs> uh, yeah, I almost know. just said something in a fun. Now, see, how do you feel about like? I would have to. I would have to. It would kill the joke. Like I'm. I'm gonna. I'm killing the joke right now. But always, always a good way to start. I. It's okay. Like I posted the thing about the. Um, uh, white pride. It's not racist to be proud of. It's not racist to be proud of who you are, white pride something, dot com or dot net or whatever, some podcast. Mm-hmm. And then when you do that Google search for that, it's KKK uh, talk dot net or something. And when I was now, see, I, you know, most people that listen to this show know that I try hard not to be, not to follow or to fall into the shit that like racist stuff that you pick up from your grandparents or your friends or society or whoever, you know, mm-hmm. and I not for that. So I just want to stress that. But when I just went through that whole thing about, um, 
well, it's not that great, blah, 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 blah. And you said it's dark, it's damn, da, 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 and everything. And I was going to take a timely pause and say, but at least I'm white as a joke. <laughs> and the actual joke, or not, it's not, a, a, it's a joke, but it's kind of social commentary too, is yeah. the actual thing, which I've heard before, is, you know, I may be on welfare, I may be, uh, I may be on welfare. I may have been in prison. I may have 50 old junk cars out in my car. I may not have be able to pay my, my water. My, I don't have any heat or gas or electric, but at least I'm not a N-word. Yeah, yeah. And that goes with the like the Chris Christopherson song, Everybody Needs Somebody to Look Down On. It's um, So uh, that was going to be – that would have been a good joke, and it was – I had the, the timing was perfect because you set it up and I, I set it up, you followed in, and then I was going to say that. But then I thought, man, people are going to think that I'm some kind of fucking piece of shit. So <laughs> to kill everything and to be politically correct, at yeah, least well. I'm a white guy or something, yeah. yeah, whatever. But anyway. Well, I'm white too. And besides you're that, you're very uh, white. Yeah. Are you a ginger? Um,. I sort have the, I have it in the bloodstream. I, okay. I, I'm not I'm not I'm I'm mostly brunette. My dad was my dad is a ginger. Okay, so he has no soul, which we right. do that anyway, right? Right. So yeah, but he's fre- like, he's freckly and has re- or had red hair. It's white now. You're but. sort of like Blade. You are <laughs> a hybrid of a ginger. So or would that mean you're like soulless, but there's a glimmer? There's like a, but then here lately, your soul has kind of been just yeah. kind of sputtering. You still I'm, have I'm, a soul. If you didn't, you wouldn't care. I think I think I'm soulless, but then but ha, but care at the same time. Oh, that's kind of odd. Maybe yeah, you're is so. that like a sociopath? No, sociopath. I'm more worried about him. other people. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Something. Do you have a Who penis knows? still? Um. I think the jury's still out on whether or not I have one, so okay. we'll see. Someday. Maybe it's I'll inverted. Like, if you start wiping yeah. your ass and you feel like you, you can feel it in the head of your penis, like it's gone all the way through, it's sucked back in and it's coming out your butt, you're it's like, Doc, I think I have, since, I have a been a little while since I trimmed up, like, so it's probably yeah. hiding there. Ooh, that would look so gross. It looked like a grub worm <laughs> trying to climb through the bushes. <laughs> uh, so... Um, well, you're going on a date. Like if you're if you're if you know you're going to be with a chick, mm-hmm. then you know you you do you okay. First of all, number one, do you groom? Like yeah, yeah, well, yeah, definitely. I, I, the the groom is the groom is key. Got to go. I I go all the way down. But do you like do you like do the hair on your butthole or in your ass crack? Um, no, it's, uh, I'm, I'm a little lazy with that. I probably would if it was easier. I do that uh, sometimes. Well, most, uh, you know, I try to, because sometimes if you get too much hair, if you're a guy and you get hair, like a hairy butt crack, and then you crap, <laughs> it's like shitting through a fucking, uh, screen. The Peruvian jungles of trying yeah, to look for El Dorado. Yes, exactly. You need a machete to, uh, <laughs> and there's like little monkeys just in there fucking climbing around. <laughs> anyway, uh, topic still. Poor. We bring it around. Yeah. So, what have you been watching this week besides uh, shitting through jungles? I really haven't even watched that much like porn or anything. Um, I'm trying to think <laughs> of any 
I was trying to think of some porn that I watched, but I haven't really watched anything that I really remember. Nothing. Oh, there was this chick I found the other day, and I can't remember her name, and she was a new chick. And she this didn't seem like she was, like, uh, like maybe she was just doing it for drug money. So the desperation Ooh. made it even better. <laughs> <laughs> well, I saw yeah. one with a description of of big milky tits, so I checked oh. that one out, and it actually was that she was actually lactating. Uh, see, I don't, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I'm not that big of a fan. Yeah, yeah. Of that. It was, it was not very attractive. Because usually they're pregnant at the time, and that's gross. She wasn't though, so she must have just been a recent mom. Yeah. Or she's like Lou Ferrigno. Was it Lou Ferrigno? And the girl was sucking on <laughs> his tits. <laughs> um, I saw a picture of Bruce Jenner, and I, uh, with, and his shirt looked like he was getting titties. And not like an old guy titties, but like he was taking estrogen or something. Uh oh. I don't know. There's a rumor about him getting a uh, uh, sex change, sex change operation or something. But who knows? Anyway, and I don't give a fuck if he is good for him. The world's greatest athlete, man. Uh, okay. I watched. Okay, I broke out finally after I bought a region free. DVD player, my God, probably two years ago, because Will and Sammy kept talking about this region-free stuff that you can find, and it's not, it's mm-hmm. some of it's cheaper, but you can get good stuff, and blah, blah, blah. Well, I bought one, and I never even used it. And, um, <laughs> but I have some uh, region two, and wait a minute. Oh, I feel like I have to burp, but I don't want to do it on the show. So, a listener. I won't do it. Um, but I have a um, a box set of uh, the Coffin Joe series, mm-hmm. and I I watched uh, at midnight. I take your soul, and nice. this night I possess your corpse. And nice. um, okay, now the first one is just fucking amazing because <laughs> he's just so such a a, a jerk and. <laughs> And I will say this, in some ways, we'll tie it even back around again. We talked about the monkey pubic hair uh, jungle thing. <laughs> um, he, his uh, ideas, mm-hmm. to me, sort of kind of match somebody that we're going to be talking about. Not his just his character, but also right. him in real life, probably. Because I could see Klaus Kinski kind of being like... Uh, um, Z in um, Midnight I Take Your Soul, a.k.a. Coffin Joe. Um, now, This Night I Possess Your Corpse, it was a little more entertaining beca- in, in a BDSM kind of a way because he right. got like uh, about five or six women and kind of kidnapped them and took them and tormented them and shit and one fuck them and stuff like that. So if you're into that kind of thing, watching Women in Terror – uh, but they, you know, they were, they were into it, sort of, you know. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I watched Laura Croft and uh, Laura Croft uh, Tomb Raider, which you yeah, obviously yeah. do not like. Um, <laughs> now, when people say what movie is the most, that's um, not like a softcore porn or a porn movie, but just sexually. 
uh, exploitive of women's bodies. This one, I'm telling you what, <laughs> I watched this motherfucker. Now, this was when Angelina Jolie was young, and she still she wasn't real super skinny, and she had big boobs. They should have number one sued her bra for non-support. I, I think the the director must have, or the costume, or the director must have. Um, been like Howard Hughes, where he was trying to find Jane Russell a bra that would show, like, lift her tits and not give her too much, make her look natural like she wasn't wearing a bra, but she was wearing a bra. Well, this is the way this was. Here's... Bra budget. Yeah, they had a big bra budget. Oh, Laura Croft's running, and her jugs are all over the place. Um, they The camera goes up her thigh, like her inner thighs, and like <laughs> on her crotch, her ass, her tits. Everything it was wonderful, and Daniel Craig was in it, so that it was it was interesting seeing him in that. Um, and bond. I think it's fun. I think it's great fun. I watched Der Fall, uh, Wilhelm Reich, or the Strange Case of Wilhelm Reich, and this is a uh, <laughs> German scientist who um, he was on par with. Uh, well, he studied and and was a colleague of Sigmund Freud. And then later, mm-hmm. Albert Einstein. And then he sort of kind of went off the rails a little bit and uh, came up with this um, uh, cloud busters. And he said if the he was living in the United States and he said, like, you know, if the government didn't quit fucking with him, he was going to create uh, these big weather catastrophes and shit. And uh, also he created this Oregon uh, accumulator, which is a box, a wood box with um, steel wool and then steel wa- uh, wood wall, steel wool, then steel, and then I think another layer of steel wool and wood whatever. Well, supposedly he came up with this way, and the, the way he explained it was like uh, how like uh, your chi, or like in Star Wars they would call it the Force. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that it actually right. exists and that if you went in these boxes and sit like if you were having sexual problems if you went and sat in this box 30 minutes a day that it would cure you if you had cancer hmm. and all this stuff and his thing was that um, we have this uh, chi flowing through us but it's like a river when the water gets so low nothing will flow through and that's when you get sick and stress and everything so you have to get the stress out of your life, and the, so in some ways, maybe as far as like stress and stuff go, maybe sitting in that box you didn't even know it, but it was like a form of meditation. I don't know, but like Einstein looked at the box, and and uh, the when the people would get in there, there there would be like a, a a rise in temperature or something, and. But uh, they pretty much said, yeah, because they were like having a panic attack. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and, and it was so insulated that their body heat and you know. Uh, yeah. So, but anyway, I, I think everybody thought he was a kook, and uh, the government. Uh, but the weird thing was, the government uh, went and made him destroy all of his work and burn all of his research and all of his books, and oh, wow. he was like, okay, if this shit. It is because they would come out and say that this is completely um, useless. It doesn't do anything. It's hard. It's, you know, whatever. And he was like, well, then if that's the case, then why 
are you destroying all the stuff? So it's kind of a censorship thing. And not only yeah. that, but uh, there in the movie, there's a lot of stuff about um, the Red Scare, uh, you know, scare, fear of communism and how they would just destroy people, the government and everything. Uh, so, but it's interesting. And, and it, it's uh, that one is on uh, YouTube. Uh, when I first started watching it, like the first probably minute of it is in German with no subtitles. And I thought, well, shit, this fucking <laughs> thing's in German. Well, then I just happened to um, – I came home the next day and I moved the thing over about halfway, and the whole movie's in fucking English. So oh, it's just there's a little part in German right at the beginning where he's in Germany, but then he's in America. Okay, and it's Klaus Maria Brandau, or Brand, Brand, Brandau. Yes. Um, next thing I watched was uh, The Librarian Return to uh, King Solomon's Mines with uh, Noah Wiley and <laughs> Gabrielle Awar. Uh, this is just fun. It's it's just a fun, you know, kind of a old school. Was that one made for TV? Yeah, there was three yeah. made for TV movies, and then now they're doing the TV show, The Librarian. Oh, so the TV uh, show is related. Yeah, and Noah okay. Wiley makes appearances on the TV show. Um, okay. He's kind of like the Doctor Who character. The actual mm-hmm. library um, got. Um, it's kind of like. Uh, Doctor Who when you walk in the uh, call box, but then it's real big on the inside and has okay. it, it's never ending. Well, it got mm-hmm. kind of sent somewhere and they're just looking, they can't find it there. He's, his quest is to go and actually find the library. I don't know if it's in the, they use PIM particles to shrink it down and send it to an <laughs> astral plane or the negative zone or what, but it's out there somewhere. So he comes back every once in a while. Uh, but Rebecca Romaine is so fucking hot and badass. Mm-hmm. I watched uh, Sorcerer, um, the William nice. Friedkin uh, directed movie with uh, Roy Scheider. Uh, and um, this movie is still fucking awesome. The music, mm-hmm. everything in it is good. I love it. It was very good. Uh, I watched the game on Netflix Instant Watch, Killing Them Softly with Brad Pitt and James Gandolfini. And uh, this one... This time when I was watching it, I started picking up more on the political stuff that they were talking about, and right. um, they play like a lot of the Wall Street crash stuff on the radio in the background and stuff like that, and then I was kind of putting it together with what they were trying to say about the movie and the mob and you know America, like a, um, the American dream and what they tell us that America is about, but America is really just a, a business. It's just, did and, you think like it was the overkill? The like the big, did you no, think it I liked it. Like that made it more yeah. interesting actually. Uh, when I, I think the first time I watched it, I just kind of watched it for just the, the obvious stuff. And mm-hmm. I just kind of tuned that shit out. But then when I watched it this time, I, I kind of picked up more on what they were saying and I yeah I thought it was good I know like cool. Will and them said that they didn't they didn't like that part of it but whatever he's Canadian what's he know about America <laughs> anyway <laughs> giggity <laughs> I watched Bronson the Nicholas Vinding Reffen movie Bronson with Tom Hardy haven't seen that one in a long time it is on Netflix instant I got into a um, uh, Vinding Reffen uh, thing, you know, when you latch onto something and you just kind of want to 
devour yeah. stuff. Watched some uh, several um, interviews with him on YouTube, and uh, was reading about some of the stuff he has coming up. Like he wants to do a prequel to Maniac Cop, and uh, what was the other thing? Weird. Oh, the the Inkle uh, uh, book that uh, Yodorowsky uh, <laughs> oh, did. Right. He him he and he said Yodorowsky made him his spiritual son. So he he <laughs> is like a huge like um, Peter Bogdanovich was a huge fanboy of Orson Welles. Well, Vending Refn is. Uh, a huge fanboy and like a a um, oh what do you call it? like a, he's like the Luke Skywalker to Yodorowsky's Obi Wan <laughs> sort of it's, it's cool I love listening and and um, I I like like uh, Werner Herzog documentaries where he's doing commentary I like listening to him mm-hmm. talk I like listening to Yodorowsky talk and I like listening to Nicholas Vending Refn talk is it Vending or is it Winding. <laughs> I think it's been. I think. Uh, yeah. I don't yeah. Know. I know. I always said winding before, and then Will and Sammy were saying bending. So they know more than they I are do. smarter than us. So Will's from Canada. They are smart, um, crafty, and clever too. I'll uh, see. And have better health care. But they also. Now I don't want to get off on a rant. Okay. But I just want to say one thing, and I'm not being passive aggressive or anything. But uh, <laughs> when you're sick, you might not want to do an episode. Because, you know, when I hear, like, one of them on there, and they're blowing their nose, and snot's coming out <laughs> of their nose, and then they're crunching their cereal, and then their kids are running in, and then they're crunch, yeah. crunch, crunch, snot, snot, Let's snot. Let's have some professionalism, Kid, guys. kid, kid. Yeah, I mean, come on, dudes. Um, but, you Let's know. pick it up. Canadian. Uh, yeah, that's an inside <laughs> joke, people. So don't give me any shit and quit our group. And if you do, I don't give a fuck. Um, <laughs> let's see. I watched Only God Forgives for probably, I would say, <laughs> I'm going on times. at least 15 times. There you uh, go. It's on Netflix Instant. I did not know that. So I can watch it on my big screen fucking TV and just sit there and jack off because I love this movie so much. This movie... <laughs> I'm telling you, if you go by how many times you watch a movie, I'm not saying my favorite movie, but it's one of my favorites in a long time because I, th- that and Yodorowsky's Dune, I'm telling, oh, Jesus fucking Christ, how many times can I watch this and I never get bored and I, whatever. It's Maybe impressive. I'm crazy. I watched uh, The Cruise, which is a documentary. Um, it is about a guy who does uh, when when you uh, go to New York and Manhattan and uh, take one of those double decker uh, bus tours. Right. He's the guy, one of the guys that gets on the microphone and tells you, you know, Henry Miller uh, in this in his small apartment did this. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, you know, Charles Bukowski. Blah, 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 you know, whatever. And Bukowski was more in. Uh, the West Coast, but I just threw the name out because I can't think of it. I'm trying to sound smart. Um, but yeah, I'm smart. I'm smart! <laughs> um, but it's it's alright. The guy, uh, the, the, the main, the guy's kind of manic and, and very eccentric, and he can get on your nerves. Mostly, I, I'm trying to think who the um, uh, cinematographer, it's a famous cinematographer 
is the guy that uh, that uh, let's see Bennett Miller is the director mm-hmm. and he did Moneyball Capote Foxcatcher uh, so that's pretty impressive and but the the actual uh, cinematography where they're it's all in black and white and it just looks so fucking great I just wish that guy would have shut the fuck up so I could have enjoyed it Anyway, <laughs> next thing I watched. No, it was all right. It was a 99-cent rental on um, iTunes. Uh, f- I watched uh, From One Second to the Next, which is a Werner Herzog documentary on Netflix. And uh, this one surprised me because, you know, a lot of the stuff he does has to do with either nature or, uh, like, uh the thing, the one he did in the the caverns, the caves. I did mm-hmm. one. I think about outer space. He's got one on there about dinosaurs, but this one is about texting, texting and driving, and people getting, you know, their stories about uh, some of the tragedies that have happened. And uh, he does not really do any commentary at all in it, but it's very good. And his his eye uh, when he's shooting this, the 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 camera work is just excellent. Um, now this one he does do commentary in quite a bit. It's called and it's another documentary by Werner Herzog on Netflix Instant called Happy People of the uh, Tega. Uh, it is about these people that live in Siberia uh, um, and their lives. Uh, the one guy's like a trapper, and when Stalin was in power uh, and the communist. Um, they basically took this guy and his partner and they were trappers and they thought they said they thought they were seasoned trappers and they dropped him off in this area out in the middle of nowhere in Siberia and said, we'll be back in like four months to bring you supplies with nothing. Jesus. And they said, we thought we were seasoned trappers, but you know, the other guy, I don't know if he died or what, but he couldn't hack it, and the other guy lasted, and he said after four months, they didn't bring him shit. So it was just a matter of fucking just surviving. But Herzog does a lot of the commentary. It's got a lot of animals, got a lot of nature in it, uh, some good dog stuff. So anyway, that's just stuff uh, I actually got on Netflix today and um, started looking at some of the new stuff and added some things. Uh, they have some Very pretty nice. cool new stuff on there. Some uh, They have uh, like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, and some TV shows. Arrow, Arrow is on there. I don't know if I Arrow's on that there. Yeah. Uh, they still have. Um, what was the goddamn meth fucking TV show you used to watch? Oh, Breaking Bad. Yeah. Breaking Bad still on there. The you know I put all this stuff in my queue, and then I watch hockey. So and that's another thing. <laughs> I watched hockey. Watched a shitload of hockey. So that's uh, my list is a little light, but I I ramble enough to still make it long. Yeah. Er, well. I uh, I um. Picking up your slack. I, I definitely am bringing slack every week. Because you probably the, would. Uh, did you watch over two movies? I did watch over two movies, um, okay. but I also read a lot of Superman comics. So and you went to the um, theater. I went to the theater twice. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, well, and only <laughs> and you and, claim and, to be antisocial. And you went no, out no, no. In I went to the I went to the theater twice, but only watched one movie. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well. So uh, on on Saturday <laughs> I went to go. Or no, Friday. Wait, Friday, Saturday. I lose track of my days. I don't even know what fucking day it is today. Um, Thursday. I think it was Saturday night. I get off work at six, 
and Inherent Vice was starting at 7.30. Um, and the, the theater is literally a, a two-minute walk from where I work. Like, I, I, you don't have to drive. It's in the same, same shopping area. Well, that's nice. So I hung around... Uh, I, I went over to Barnes & Noble to find a chair, but it, Barnes & Noble was freaking overflowing with people, so I went back into work and uh, went and sat in the back and like read comics on my iPad for a little while, and uh, we got in a big discussion about uh, Trapper Keepers and at what point Trapper Keepers started getting Velcro instead of snaps. But um, <laughs> the So I went down to the movie theater and uh, probably got there at about, still got there at about just a little bit after 7. Um already a negative sign that the ticket machine was broken um, because I hate standing in line waiting for tickets when there's a machine that never has a line, but this time it didn't have a line for a reason. Um, so I go up and I get my ticket. I go inside and um, seemed it, I, I felt fine, but it, it was starting to get crowded. And I was like, okay, well, it's getting close because I, 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 I can't stand when a theater's overcrowded. It, it just bugs me. I, I, I can't do it. And... Um, I was sitting, let's see, three seats in on a row, because I like to sit near the end, because inevitably I have to piss in a movie. It's some brain <laughs> defect I have. I could piss like right before a movie, and an hour in, I'll have to go again. And I could go eight hours at work without pissing once. Yeah. But um, so two guys that are uh, quite a bit younger than me, probably early 20s, come in. He's like, is anybody sitting here? I'm like, oh, no. So um, I scooted one seat in. So that they have their two seats, buffer seat, me, two buffer seats, and then the rest of the row is full. Um, getting closer and closer to the movie, seven, you know, seven thirty rolls around. The, the trailers start, um, and then two people that I had seen walk in late had sat down up in the front three rows, which are separated from the rest because they're way too fucking close. I don't even know why they bother having seats down there because you have to look straight up at the screen. But they come up and they see my row. They got out of their seats. They see my row and they're like, oh, is anybody sitting there? I'm like, no. So I, I moved over again. So now I, I've realized as I'm moving, I'm going to have two people, one person on each side of me, and I'm right in the middle of the goddamn row. <laughs> so so I just said, you know what? And I was, like, I was like, no, I'm actually leaving. She's like, no, 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 I don't want to steal your seat. I was like, it's fine. I have to go. And I played it off like I was getting a text or something. And I went and got my money back and went home. <laughs> and... um. Because there was nowhere else I wanted to sit that was going to be comfortable. So uh, I had my antisocial uh, anxiety attack freak out and left. And That's uh, when it would be but, great to, if you had like super duper bad, tremendous gas. And people were <laughs> like, hey, is anybody sitting here? You're like, no, no, feel free. And then just sit there and fucking rip the whole or just or, or, or rip some silent ones as I'm walking across the aisle to leave and just leave the stench just floating or there. just like start fucking jacking off <laughs> so um I went back the next morning 12 well, there was a 12:30 show and uh watched it then um inherent vice I liked quite a bit now it's this it's one of these movies um and Paul Thomas Anderson's last film that I saw had a very similar experience with the master where it seems like it's going to be a movie I appreciate more after revisiting it because I'm slower than most smart people and <laughs> um, it takes me a little while to catch on and it, there's some stuff in this movie that feels like it definitely needs to be caught on um, without, I, I don't want to spoil anything about it. 
The story itself uh, seems kind of straightforward. It gets a little convoluted, as most like neo-noir type things do. It's a PI movie. He's a private investigator and kind of like going down the rabbit hole, that kind of story. Mm-hmm. But it gets like at times you're questioning what's reality and what isn't. And is it fun? It's good. Is it a comedy or is it? No, it's not a. Com- I mean, oh, there's some I funny it was moments. Comedy. No, no, no! Isn't it? I, I don't. I would not consider it a comedy. It's strange, huh. um, but it's less. It's less serious than the master. Um, it would be more like you know, like uh, Boogie Nights had had funny moments, but wasn't a comedy. Right. right. That kind of thing. Um, definitely recommend it. I'll def- I, I want to see it again. So, um, I watched Whiplash. Uh, this is one getting uh, lots of praise around our circle. Mm-hmm. Uh, this has, um, what's that? I uh, just had, like, even somebody at work said something about w- watching Whiplash. Yeah, it's it's got um, J.K. Simmons. Well, he was the neo-Nazi guy from Oz, and uh, <laughs> that's what I always remember him as. And then this kid named Miles Teller, who I didn't recognize, but um, he plays, Miles Teller plays a kid in uh, music school, and he's very driven to be, you know, good at what he does, but this is a very prestigious movie, uh, uh, music school, and J.K. Simmons is a jazz instru- uh, jazz instructor. Yep, another listener. Um, who? Sorry, is um, he is like a tyrant. Like a everybody bastard. like stands at attention when he walks in. Yeah, he's a big fucker. Um, this is a very good movie. I it's it's tense. Uh, the music's very good, um, and it's kind of an interesting character study with the two of them and like you know maybe asking the question you know how much is necessary to drive someone and it's good it's definitely uh definitely one of my favorites from last year it's 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 uh quite good um another one that i really enjoyed uh uh birdman uh 2014 yeah i got i i I borrowed some uh new movies here so uh birdman is it's michael keaton um and uh, other people, Zach Galifianakis is in it. Um, Edward Norton is in it and is really good in it. Um, but Michael Keaton's awesome. It's a and two movies I watched similar, and I can bring this other one up. They kind of reminded me each other of each other in a way. Uh, I watched Frank also. That one's on Netflix Instant. Ah, uh, like um, well, did you like it? That one, this one's yeah. Frank's a lot more quirky. Um, but they have a similar kind of theme in that they are kind of <sighs> Frank doesn't have uh, Frank is going from a different point of view in that these you, there's this eccentric group they're very artistic and stuff like that and when they're getting recognized they're kind of tossing that whole thing around like you know how much is it worth to be popular kind of thing uh-huh. and Birdman kind of goes down a similar path with we'll never have to worry about that. Exactly. What does it mean to be relevant? That kind of thing, and like you know, putting certain things aside for artistic values, and it's very well shot. Um, it's it's the guy that directed um, Amores Perros, and uh, uh-huh. I saw that he did. Uh, oh, uh, beautiful with um, oh, you know that very handsome Spanish guy. Javier, Javier Bardem. Bardem, yeah, yeah. This movie's J- pretty fantastic. Javier. Yeah, J- Javier, Javier Bardem. 
this Birdman's pretty fantastic. I uh, high recommend. It feels like a, a, a single-shot type movie. It's obviously not because it takes a place over a few days, but it's got a lot of camera work like that that's nicely edited together. So high, high recommend from that one. And Frank, too. Uh, I really liked Frank. Um, uh, Fastbender was pretty awesome. <laughs> Let's see. Um, I watched Hunted City. Uh, this is a late 70s uh, Euro crime. Uh, Maurizio Merli. It's directed by Stelvio Massi. Uh, pretty good one. Um, not my favorite, but uh, got some... Uh, I, I appreciated that Merli wasn't slapping. He, he he likes to slap a lot when his movies, and he did punches in this movie. Yeah. Um, I like a nice... I like a bitch slap sometimes, though. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Especially when you're you're a badass... And the guy's like a fucking thinks he's a t- like when uh, Kurt Russell bitch slapped Billy Bob in Tombstone. He thought he was <laughs> running his mouth, being a, thought he was a badass and he was a bully, and Kurt just fucking slapped him. He didn't even punch him, just slapped him. And like and, and Mary, the guy immediately turned into a like a, a sniveling just pussy. a little mess. Oh, he um, slapped the shit out of him. Yeah, this Merely doesn't. He's not like the suit wearing cop in this one. He wears a lot of like uh, sweaters, like zip up sweaters, I like that. which is like pretty funny. Uh, but uh, good one, a good little solid Euro crime. I wish sweaters and would make a you know what? I think that I I have a couple. I like wearing. I, I used to wear sweaters a lot. I mean, I don't. Yeah. I, I I like sweaters. And um, I think. That's all. Yeah, that's it. That's when it for did me. Sweaters, just, what was the generation like? Because I remember like Will, kind of busting on sweaters, but we always wore sweaters. It was Will likes Will wears cool. sweaters. Does he wear sweaters? Yeah, Will. Okay. Will's maybe I'm thinking he, somebody he, else. Must be somebody else. He has a couple. Well, I know sweaters. they bust on like Cosby because he wore those ugly sweaters. Oh, Cosby but, sweaters I mean, were the worst. Yeah, I, but I like I like a nice sweater. The button-up sweaters are worth yeah. what, what are coming in, I think. So. Yeah, with a right. with a t-shirt underneath or something, or just not the three-button shirt with no collar. The worst. It's the fucking death. That's like you're you're just <laughs> you're you're not worse even a than, man if you wear that. Worse than pleated pants. Now, oh. if they go together, just fucking don't even look at me. <laughs> um. What if somebody came into your store wearing pleated pants and a shirt with three buttons and no collar, but they had white Birkenstocks on. <laughs> oh, well, never mind then. And dark socks? That would be fantastic. Well, no, not only dark socks, but two different socks. Well, I do that. Well, that's what I'm saying. Oh. I'm trying to throw you um, into it. Like, you're, you make your head just fucking spin. I'm going to be in a downward spiral. You'll, you're you're going to see me posting about how shitty life is later tonight. Um, okay. Let's <laughs> take a break. A Wait a minute. What's changing? Nothing exactly. It's just, <laughs> it, things were there's there's all, there's constant triggers though. Oh, uh, let's take yeah. let's take a break and uh, we'll come back and <laughs> <laughs> talk about our first Kinski of the night, uh, Il Grande Silenzio. We'll be right back. Hey, all you podcast listeners, here's an update. See here. We know some of that bad brown acid has been going around. 
But we've got an alternative. See here. Have these headphones here. Throw them on. See here. Movies for your mind. See here. See here podcast. We discuss music related films once a month. Find us on iTunes or at see here. That's S E E H E A R dot podbean dot com. Just relax, listen, and float downstream. See here. Torni a Portofino, più di un mese a San Trofe. All right, Ross chose that one. I'm not sure why. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, uh, what are we doing? Um, what's the name of this one? Great Silence, Il Grande Silencio. Zom, would you care to? S- oh no, wait. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm leaving. Care to synopsize? A mute gunslinger faces off against a gang of bounty hunters in the Great Blizzard of 1899. A grim, tense struggle unfolds. This is directed by Sergio Corbucci, um, who has done some 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 good shit. Um, he did Compañeros. Uh, that has Tomas Milian and Frank Franco Nero and Jacques Palance. It's a very good one. Um, he Is directed. That the one Jacques Balance? Did he play Curly in that? He had the curly hair. Never wore a hat. No, he he had a pet bird in it. I have that one, but I think when That's I bought good. it is when they first released it on DVD, and only like a portion of it has subtitles. Oh, weird. Yeah, it's it's odd, but it's still worth watching. He, he did, did they call Franco the Nero the Penguin? I don't remember. Because he wore like um, a... No, nah, I'm thinking of something else. What, whatever, I'm sorry. Go ahead. He was called Yoldlof Peterson. <laughs> yeah, he was the Polak. And jo- and and Palance was John. Okay. Um, uh, Corbucci also directed uh, um, Django. Django! Maybe you might might have heard of that one. Um, so, Great Silence was one that we mentioned last week that we weren't sure that we had seen or not. This has uh, Klaus Kinski as Loco. I'm not sure what he was. I think he had a different name in the, uh, pardon me, in the... um, Incestio Repo. (laughs) Ooh. I think he had a different name in the Italian version, but he's, uh, he's Loco in this one. And then you have... Jean-Louis Trintignant, his triumphant return to the show after only having been off for two weeks or so, um, <laughs> three weeks, uh, as Silence, and you have some other people in there, Luigi Pistilli as Polycut, he's a big fucking creep, yes. and uh, Vonetta <laughs> McGee, who is uh, quite fetching, I must say, 
Um, she's in. She was in such things as Blackula and Repo Man, which we've done on the show. But I don't remember what she. I don't remember her. What exactly she was in the movie. Anyway, played John. Um, what? She, played she was John. John Wayne. Yeah. Oh right. Yeah. The. So this entire movie was filmed in, uh, in Utah, and uh, unlike many spaghetti westerns you see, there is no, no dusty, hot, scorched landscapes here. This is uh, this is a, a, a winter wonderland to put it mildly. It's it's, it's fucking frigid, and um, you have this town that I've already forgotten the name of, but. It has been overrun essentially with bandits who've kind of gotten snowed in, and they are kind of stealing to make do. They've run out of food, and uh, you know they're doing what bandits do. And then you have Klaus Kinski and his uh, gang of vultures who are just picking them off. They're just basically just hanging around this this town up in the mountains and. Just blasting people left and right to get their uh, their bounties. Bounty killers. And in wanders silence, Jean-Louis Trintignant. In a pretty fantastic little opening scene that surely inspired that snowy assassination scene in Django Unchained. Mm-hmm. Uh, except this one turns around backwards, and the the guy wandering into the, the ambush is the one that comes out victorious in a pretty incredible fashion. Um, uh, Silence whips out his pistol, and he 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 carries one of those uh, the the Mauser pistols. Uh, th- they look like Han Solo's gun. Hmm? Um, I'm not sure what those things were known for, except that you could attach like a, a an extra stock to it and hold it like a rifle. And I feel like I've seen it in other movies used that way before too, ja. which is pretty cool. But they used it in. Uh... Joe Kidd with Clint Eastwood, and also okay. uh, that guy used it in uh, that uh, weird pseudo Western Deadlock that had gun. Oh, de- that's what dump. I'm thinking of, Deadlock. Yeah, that's I need to watch one. that again soon. Yeah, we should gotta find soon. it in the fucking basement. Jesus, ah, I pet everything so, in its big Tupperware things. And now it's a nothing's in order. We get. We get to say, well, you need to do it like I do and put them in little plastic sleeves in order. Well, I see, I got yeah. rid of all my cases, though. I got rid of all my cases, though. I do. That would take up a lot less space. Fuck Tons. me, Ronan. Um, but he, you, you get to see his, um, his calling card, I guess, in that a guy trying to shoot him gets his goddamn thumb shut off. <laughs> shot off which <laughs> he just does like, that so they can't jack their dick. Yeah, you can't do anything. Think about how horrible it would be just having four fingers. Try and open the mayonnaise jar, motherfucker. I could. I wouldn't have been able to open this beer I'm drinking right now. What kind of beer are you drinking? I'm gr- drinking. Well, I think I drank this before. the The Carolina the pa- Carolina uh, Brewing Company's Winter Porter. Do you binge drink? No, I drink one beer at a time, and I drink you about do. one beer a week. Do you drink every? Oh, Actually, I take that back. Okay. So you're, you're, I drank you're one yesterday too. What's that? You're passing the uh, "Are you an alcoholic?" test already. So okay, you're not, you're not well, an alcoholic. Yeah, I, I I did drink one yesterday, so I've drank two days in a row. That's a bad. You just time. you're a depressive, antisocial, walking mustache hipster. What? Uh, ex- except and I have how a beard about right those uh, hurricanes? I think they won another one. Wow. 
they might win 15 games this year. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, we but, need to, uh, to get to I, – I, I need to, uh, to think about those games. Like yes, look into that. Um, so March or February? Mar- yeah, look look at March. March, okay. March is going to be best. There's a okay. lot more home games in March. Yeah, cool. Um, so now riding a horse is bad enough. I've had bad experiences riding horses. It's, it's really? Always, Do nothing, tell. Nothing, well, no, it's nothing, <laughs> it's nothing like traumatic, but it's always like I went horseback riding uh, once and was not wearing underwear under my shorts. And the saddle kept bouncing behind me and it my shorts pretty much like rubbed like my where my tailbone is like raw like I had no skin. And then uh you know other t- it's just it's just it, there's always some sort of pain involved. I'm I'm not getting like thrown off or anything, but it's my, just uh, never I'm I'm always more stressed and like this the horse is like just I like horses scary, like walking up to them. Yeah, but being on the back of one, it's like fuck, man. They're so a strong lot higher and like than you think. And yeah, yeah. The, a, a lady I work with has a, a this big farm, and her husband is like the fucking horse whisperer. I mean, he <laughs> is a real cowboy. He can do all that shit. And we went up to um, take my niece and one of her little friends up there to ride horses to ride a horse, and. um when I got on it, the first thing I just remember is I asked him, I said, okay, first things first, what do I do so my ass doesn't bounce up and down? Because <laughs> they always show in movies or you hear people talk, you can tell someone that's never ridden a horse because their ass just goes, plomp, 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 plomp. Oh, every time. It's, it's horrible. Yeah, you just you just sit on the seat, but you don't like try. You just kind of sit on the seat and roll your hips. You don't like... If you have your feet in the stirrups, you don't like try and straighten your legs out or anything like that. <laughs> you just you're just sitting on the thing flat. Yeah, I I walk it's, funny it's for weird. a day after I ride a horse. Yeah, it's uh it'll it'll make you saddle. That's sad being saddle sore. Yeah. So, now, and, and besides Trentignon, <laughs> besides uh, Kinski, another uh, uh, common uh, theme in these two movies are fucking helpless looking horses. And you get one in this one with the horse just fucking giving up in the snow. But what I was saying is the, you know, if riding a horse is bad enough, I cannot imagine being fucking half frozen and trying to ride one. That would be even yeah. worse. But um, have that the, big fat fucking thing fall on you. Ugh. You'd be trapped. The uh, the the bounty hunters, like I said, are just kind of preying on this small snowed-in town. There's um, you know, the people are stealing. I guess they're bandits, but. Uh, you know, it's kind of like that thing where it's desperate times, desperate, desperate measures or whatever. I don't know well, that these people like are the, the big bank or something. It's like it's like a um, kind of a commentary on these capitalists because the the big bank totally in town, is. didn't they displace all those people out of their homes? So they yes. were forced to kind of go live. And this, it's just, they're just trying to survive. It's not like they and are criminals you know well, they right, are right i mean they they t- they technically are but they're kind of it's they kind of have to be because they can't yeah. they're they're starving and um pastili luigi pastili plays polycut the banker with his gross like mustache thing that he's got going on and he's just a big fucking jerk in it and um <laughs> <laughs> but it really it really like you were saying it turns into this uh this struggle between 
I guess, well, I mean, it's, it's said something that our hero is mute, that the citizens can't do anything, that the sheriff looks like a big goof, and that the, the true power is this fucking, like, you know, creepy rapist that uh, just pays this other creepy rapist. And <laughs> yeah, that sheriff kind of looked like, he, you know, they're all Italian, but he kind of looked like mm-hmm. a, just a, a rube or a hillbilly. Yeah, and they like they Andy didn't do Griffith him any favors. Yeah. He play, he was played by Frank Wolf, who I recognize, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I've seen him um, on shows. Yeah, but uh, you know they gave him that he's the sheriff and he's coming in and he he has a pretty bad uh, intro. Like his he's he, he's not doing so well when his first venture into town is getting his fucking horse uh, stolen so people can eat it. But um, <laughs> he's lucky. But he's got like him. He wears this like patchwork leather coat that looks ugly, and his like stupid Gabby Hayes hat that's turned yeah. up in the front. I, I was going to ask you if if you had a choice, like if you lived in the old west, there's always these different like styles of hats. Do you have one that you think you'd go with? I would wear like a sombrero, like a Mexican sombrero, mm-hmm. because it would keep the sun off of me. I think I'd do the bowler. Ah. I think I'd go with the bowler. I like I like the, the cowboys with the bowlers. Or like a, I've always or I always like it when they wear in like a you see the dusty cowboy with a top hat where it's supposed to be all dressy but it's all dirty and torn up. Yeah, I don't know. I I just would be like an odd duck and I would wear like uh, just stupid <laughs> shit, you know, to throw people baseball off. hat. Yeah, and then I'd shoot them in the back. Um, but not to kill. No, just to sever their spine and then I would do things to them. Yeah. Now. Um, Pun intended here, uh, Trintignant is a cold motherfucker in the movie. Um, they call him Silence, like I said, because he's mute. Um, I do like the uh, the reveal of why that is. It's a pretty good flashback and a, kind of a, a reveal there. But um, I, I, like we said, he uses the Mauser. And I think the Mauser might have been known for how fast it shoots, and that's kind of his his trademark. Um, he, he's got the thing, you know, and... and Pretty much every hero in a spaghetti western is a, is a crack shot. Yeah. Um, the sheriff is pretty good too, but um, you know he's got that cool gun. He carries around what do they call it a like a broom handle or something like that. But yeah. um, he he has this great. I don't know if it's part of his coat or the a coll- like a scarf he was wearing, but he's it's like it looks like it's made out of like horse hair or something. So it's not just like like Kinski is, <laughs> he just has a fucking like blanket on his head with his hat. Yeah, he looks like but, a. It almost when he has that shawl or whatever under his hat, yeah. he kind of looks like an ugly nun or something or some kind of like <laughs> old Italian woman. But I he's mean, got, they're just trying to keep warm, I guess. Yeah. His hair is kind of teased in this too. He looked he looked almost feminine at times in this movie. But with I mean, coat I. I Trenton Young has on it that has the hair. It looks like something mm-hmm. like Adrian Street would wear. Yeah, kind of. But uh, he he was the he was definitely the best dressed of the of the group. But um, yeah, the the hand solo gun. But uh, there's a there's a good quote in it where someone says, you know, this one's faster than the devil, and then somebody's like, for all we know, he is the devil. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, he's coming into town, and we're not exactly sure why, but um, he's the. I don't. I don't guess you can even call him an anti-hero. Like he's not there to collect any bounties. He's just kind of doing his thing. And um, you know, we 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 learn eventually, kind of his inspiration for everything. But he's not there looking for Kinski. They just kind of 
they cross paths in a pretty great scene with the uh, the stagecoach. Um, and this is where you have the three main characters all kind of come together at the same time. You have the the sheriff having to travel around via stagecoach <laughs> because his horse became food, and um, uh, Trenton Yon's uh, his horse died. That's the one you see laying at the beginning, and Kinski, this you know piece of shit, is. He's going around just killing people, and he's killing so many people, he can't carry the bodies back to get yeah. the bounty, so he'll just bury them in the snow next to the road and then comes back and gets them later. Um, and he's just a fucking jerk. He's one of those ones that he'll yeah. be like, just come out and put your guns down, and all, everything will be fine. And as soon as they put their guns down, he fucking shoots them. He's just a, mm-hmm. he's like a, a, just a fucking asshole. Yeah, he's a leech. He's just, you know, he, he, yeah. a vulture, like I was saying. Like he's... Ugh. He 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 has no like conscience about it. He's all about the money, and the bankers are willing to you know fund this. But um, what I said, my quote, my quote, where I wrote down, I don't remember who said it. They call him silence because wherever he goes, the silence of death follows. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the the when they're all in the stagecoach, you know. Uh, Kinski's getting them to stop along the way, and he's like, "Oh, got to get out here!" And he goes and like gets his buddies to just grab a corpse out of the snow really quick and uh, throw it on top of the stagecoach, and they're all frozen so they don't rot. And um, but yeah, like I was saying, I like the reveal of him why he can't talk. Um, you get a little story with Vonetta McGee. I don't. Do you remember her character's name? It was Pauline. Now Pauline. I couldn't tell if Pauline was a prostitute or not, but she seemed to be, at least be friends with some of the prostitutes in town. Was she the madam? No, no, no. Pa- she was the oh the, yeah 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 the, okay. the yeah. younger girl that he st- that that uh, Silence stays with. Well, shit, she was in um, the Oscar sanction with Clint. She's in a lot of stuff, but yeah, you know, I saw that she died of cancer at pretty young. Yeah. Um, Probably from getting fucked by 60, Clint. Sixty-five. She's a good-looking broad, that one. Um, but you have... Um, well, they killed her husband, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. And that was that was the, the scene that you mentioned when he's like, you know, he, it, very cowardly, like, put the gun... Like, he's holding the, the you know, the classic move, hold the chick uh, uh, hostage with the gun to her head, put your gun down, put your gun down, and as soon as he does, he just shoots them and then so walks away. And... Um, it's been kind of funnier is every time he did that after he shot the guy, if he would have went psych, it <laughs> <Yeah>. with <laughs> a German accent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, just come um, on out. Everything will be okay. Put their gun down. Psych. <laughs> but the one thing I thought was funny, you know, there's mention of these people struggling in this town. Or this wherever this is up in the mountains, struggling to get through the winter with food and stuff like that, and fucking uh, silence and the sheriff are standing there shooting potatoes for his <laughs> perfectly yeah. good potatoes for target practice. Why don't you just throw a stick in the air or something, jerks? Little kids are out there. But, that'd be, they should have like little kids like <laughs> trying to run out there and fucking get the what's left of the potatoes, eating them out of the dirt. The, the whole like, here, here's another one. Pew. Um, silence. well, you get. The inevitable, like I guess, after after Silence gets involved with uh, with Pauline, um, you know, learning about her story and such, he there, there's the inevitable tension building between him and uh, and, and Loco Klaus Kinski, 
and uh, their first meetup is pretty incredible. Like it's not it's not the shootout. You got to get the you got to get the bar fight in there. Yeah. And um, the uh, and Ken, Kinski's even a dick doing this because he's just mocking. Oh, are you hurt? I'm sorry. But and then fucking uh, silence just whacks him in the face with maybe the fakest looking log I've <laughs> ever seen. Yeah. Um, uh, it looked like it was made out of plastic, but it was hilarious because as soon as he whacks him in the face with this thing, he just, he goes flying through a door, um, and then the then the Mauser comes out, and you know you gotta you gotta cheer with your fist pumped, but the Mauser. Um, the you know there's a conversation in there of where where Wolf the the sheriff is uh you know he's talking about the country kind of changing it's 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 moving away from the people like Loco and the bankers and moving more towards uh, law and order. Um, during this scene, I really thought that <laughs> the, <laughs> that Kinski was going to, because he, he's trying to be sneaky. And for a second, I thought he was going to pull something <laughs> out of his ass. Yeah, it did seem like he had a derringer <laughs> or something stuck up his butthole. Yeah. He pulls, like a, he pulls he, like a double barrel shotgun out of his butt. Because he was going, he was like, thought, looked like he was pooping, but then he was. I, and it was and the, here's a little continuity I, problem there. They made a point with the sheriff when they took his horse to eat about mm-hmm. his gun freezing up. Kinski goes oh. out to poop in the woods, and he had left a rifle in the fucking snow for how many days? And he picks it up and it just fucking works. You know, shoots at the sheriff's feet. But you know the 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 banker the the bankers here the the capitalist or the law of the land the law guy is goofy and helpless our hero can't say a word so it is it's it's, it's definitely a, a a social commentary type movie it's it's a, a a beautiful looking movie oh I forgot to mention I love the moment when Kinski when this uh, woman shoots Kinski's hat off and he like yeah. shakes his hair around like the like letting his blonde locks flow. <laughs> Well, she's like, Carol, and it's like, God damn, man, look at that. And he was like, oh, okay. He just like, if he had long hair, it just would have like tumbled out of his hat. He he looked like like he was in the theater. A little bit when Adrian Street had hair. Yeah. Maybe he should write it, but buy his books. I think he just came out with another one, and maybe it's the seventh one or something. (laughs) He's up to like 2,000 pages of his life. He better fucking have like the results of every match he was ever in with the book that long. <laughs> um, but it's this is a this is a beautifully shot movie. Um, I, I love that it gives us such a different look to the western. It's not it's not shot in that little town in Spain that we that you know you've seen so many movies shot in. This is uh this is definitely they're they're out in the elements. Um, I guess another common theme between these i don't i didn't read any background of this movie but this couldn't have been easy to you know to act in um i'm sure they had yeah yeah it you know being out there in the elements and stuff like that it couldn't have been it couldn't have been a walk in the park so you know hats off to all those guys the snow in the town of snow hill was created by gallons of shaving cream <laughs> Is that what it says? Yeah. Oh my God! No, there's got to be some cold it stuff must there, have just right? Been some of the stuff in the town, because I mean, they couldn't yeah. do like a whole goddamn countryside. <laughs> and you get it's some of that. Of sh- I mean, these the, it was Barbasol. These giant, these giant mountains. <laughs> these uh, 
Maybe that's the part, like, the parts, like, when he, like, you know, slams him through the door and he goes falling out into the street, that stuff like that. That was probably... Or the, maybe... Or either that or some asshole just put that on fucking uh, IMDB, you know, as a joke. (laughs) Um, But uh, very impressive. I I had... I wasn't sure if I had seen this one. I had actually seen this one before. It's just been quite a while. Um, But if, uh, if, if you haven't, definitely see it if you're a fan of of um spaghetti westerns but what did you what did you think of this one because i think this was your first time seeing it right? yes it was good and i'm surprised i i think that i have heard that it's really not available um it's, it there's no high def anywhere yeah no digitally remastered or anything and it's and it's that good i mean usually mm-hmm. you think of leone and um uh, oh, the corbucci stuff is good but um i don't know i, I when you think of the tippy top of uh, spaghetti westerns, you know you think of the trilogy of Leone. Yeah, well, that, Leone kind of defined the genre, and then everybody else kind of played along. And I think Corbucci's probably—I mean, with Django in this, he's got to be in the. I mean, if if Leone, if you want to consider Leone the 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 one at the top, Corbucci's definitely like got to be second tier. Oh yeah. For yeah, just for those two movies alone. But uh, Kinski is. He's one of these people. First of all, he's made to play a fucking asshole. Uh, yeah. He and and I guess it's probably <laughs> maybe he's typecast. I don't know, but um, he's very good at it. He has a distinctive look. I mean, he really knows how to act without even saying anything. Now the dubbing in this, okay, Trentignon. <laughs> Um, oh, he doesn't say shit, yeah. so you don't have to worry about dubbing his voice. Uh, I thought Kinski's <laughs> kind of suited him because it was kind of like, you know, <laughs> uh, and he was such a jerk. Um, some of the dubbing was really bad. Yeah, but it's it, it, adds, it adds to me, it adds to some of it, kind of adds to the charm. But I would still like oh. to see a movie like this that would have like uh, an option to have the dubbed version or to have the Italian version with subtitles. Um, oh, you had that you had that one guy dubbed that was eating that chicken. Oh that was god, so, he was such it a was, fucking that, I swear they must have just mic'd someone and just slobbering all yeah, over themselves for that because like it was so loud and gross. Pussy or something. Um, <laughs> I have a friend that, that when he is eating fruit or anything, he, he chew gum, he never closes his mouth and it's just like <laughs> And I said, you know, if you close your eyes, you th- think you were watching some freaking lesbian porno movie or gangbang porno movie or lesbian, not gangbang, but whatever. Anyway, um, that the the guy that was um, chomping on the the chicken and and just getting the greases all over his mouth and he just such a fucking pig. That 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 was just to me like a commentary on uh there's people that are starving and here's this mm-hmm. bourgeois, you know, rich fuckhead sitting in the in the in a heated uh saloon or cabin or whatever and he's just, you know, you see that also in the next movie with uh, the the fat oh, ass. Yeah, yeah, the, the the fat emperor. Yeah. And um <laughs> But uh, Kinski, every every movie that you know, uh, your 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 hero is only as good as your villain is evil, and he mm-hmm. is a great baddie in this motherfucker. Just everything he does, he he's the typical um, 
kind of uh, just evil bastard who, like I said, will shoot somebody in the back. He'll he'll trick people and murder and just murder them anyway. All he cares about is fucking just making the money. Uh, they're not even like human beings to him, like you said. Uh, he has he's he has so many people that he kills, and just it's just like if you went out and picked up a. Uh, beer cans to take and get recycled or something mm-hmm. how he thinks about this um there was a lot of this stuff that actually went on if you watch heaven's gate with chris christopherson christopher walken the chimino movie it's basically the same thing where the the uh cattle ranchers hated these uh immigrants that were uh, moving out onto the open prairie and settling so they would hire these uh stock detectives was what they called them. And they were really just bounty hunters, bounty killers or whatever you want to call them. And they would just go out and murder these um, homesteaders who a lot of them in that movie were like Italian immigrants or Irish immigrants or whatever. So you see a lot of that. And the way that they, they made the sound there toward the end. Now there were, there were subtitles at the end, uh, telling okay you know like almost you could tell it gave like a history thing of what happened uh but they were all in italian and so i didn't know what the fuck it said (laughs) but they were kind of leading seemed like they were leading you to believe that this was either a true story or based on a true story but i also liked uh you know that um you saw something in this that there was something that he shows people when they're like, Hey, what's yeah. wrong with you? You know? And, uh, <laughs> I saw that also in a Clint Eastwood movie, um, where he does that, you know, oh, okay. when you do this to somebody, you better, you know, I'll tell you after that. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? And, oh, yeah. 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 Okay. So anyway. if um, I say that, if I say the movie, it might spoil it. Yeah, it'll definitely spoil it. Um, I like the gun. Uh, I always wanted to get one of those, which would be kind of cool. Uh, and I, I love that that the Italian spaghetti westerns must have had one sound effect for every type of gun. <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's a rifle, a pistol. It's at pew 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 pew. With the 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 same like the Shaw Brothers uh, sword clanging noise yeah. is the same. It's the same thing. It's a, but it, it adds something to you know. It adds that little kind of uh, uh, trade or the, the feet, thing. yeah, the the feet running in a, in Eurocrime movies, the feet clicking on the ground, same kind of um, thing. Kinski, I I must have been thinking about that uh, child of God thing when he was taking a shit, and uh, I, you know <laughs> I thought he was wiping his ass with his hand. Then I kept thinking he was going to pull a gun out of his butthole uh, and stuff like that. Um, when he wore that, that uh, like I said, like that veil or shawl or what, it was like a scarf mm-hmm. or something, but he wore it under his hat. It almost looked like he had like long hair, but it reminded me of like an Italian woman at a, um, at a funeral when they were like yeah, the yeah. thing hanging down. And uh, I kind of, it seemed like it was following a uh, tried and true thing where you have the, even like John Wick. You have the badass guy, and they fuck with him. So then he comes back and shows all, or, you know, I have a specific set of skills. And he comes back, and he fucking just kicks everybody's ass. Everybody's scared to death of him because he's so fucking awesome. But then uh, he inevitably gets captured, and they uh, Clint Eastwood in uh, good, or uh, 
few dollars more or a fistful of dollars or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's this badass gunslinger that nobody can touch because he's so fast and he can even fight with his fist and beat everybody. But then they <laughs> inevitably get on him and they capture him and they either torture him or beat the shit out of him. But then, you know, he gets the upper hand and blah, blah, blah. This one fucking, in some ways, uh, we were talking about uh, subversive cinema. And there's stuff in this that totally goes against convention. Uh, yeah. Now, if it, the, but if it was a true was surprising. story. Yeah, I can see if it was a true story that they went there. But I kept thinking, okay, well, what now? wait a minute. I'm expecting it to go bam, 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 you know, the way that all the every other goddamn movie like this goes. And then I'm like, toward the end, I'm like, okay, now this just happened. Now, how the fuck's he going to do his, (laughs) you know, in wrestling, you know, how's, how's, whatever. I don't want to give anything. His Hulk up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and it was fucking, there was a lot of surprising shit in this. Um, but I, 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 I was surprised. This is this is a, a hidden treasure for me, and I would definitely yeah. buy it. You know, if, if it uh, if it was available, like a yeah, they need Master to they need to get something. it out there. Fuck we yeah, need an arrow an arrow release or or something. Maybe maybe that'll be our uh, that'll be our silver and gold release. We can uh, get it funded, and we'll put a commentary track on it. Everybody would buy that, right? What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering where he went, little bastard. <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we can get to our ratings here. Um, I uh, really, really enjoyed this. Um, talking about it probably bumped it up a little bit. I, I give this, fuck it, I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. Yeah, yeah. It's that good. Uh, I was surprised um, when we watched uh, Trintignal. Uh, in the other movie, and I've seen him in a few other things, that um, when I f- saw that he was the hero, I mm-hmm. wasn't sure how that would work because he's kind of a small guy. And and uh, and not only that, but he's just doesn't really have like classic good looks. Now, I will say in this, with the cowboy hat and kind of doing the the uh, bad badass hero Clint Eastwood kind of st- – deal he looks cool yeah he came off a lot cooler and you know um so i didn't know how that would work Uh, of course kinski is a fucking bad guy i always know how that works because he's always (laughs) a fucking asshole um i'm right there with you i'd give it an i was gonna say a little bit less but you know what um i'll watch it again and uh it's it's definitely a fucking uh, top tier fucking uh west not just spaghetti western but a top tier western because it does do some different things and challenges you a little bit uh so i give it a nine also nice all right let's take a break and come back and talk about more kinski um and some Werner herzog uh with agire the wrath of god we'll be right back yes ggtmc live for you, fresh yeah. Big Willie and the Samurai are at your service, breaking films down and turning them around, giving recommendations that are always on point. Visit ggtmc.com for more information. The Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema, bringing class to the trash since 1977. 
All right, Anthony bringing the Sabbath. Um, I just lost my train of thought again. Aguirre, the wrath of God, from 1972. This is our first Werner Herzog movie. As much as we've talked about him. You still there? Yes, I'm still here. All right. He's still here. Um, in... <coughs> In the 16th century, the ruthless and insane Don Lope de Aguirre leads a Spanish expedition in search of El Dorado. This is starring Klaus Kinski and some other people. (laughs) Sam, what did you think of Aguirre, the wrath of God? I feel I just spit all over the place. (laughs) In watching this movie, Aguirre, the wrath of God... Aguirre, der Sohn Gottes. Um, Klaus Kinski, uh, he seems uh, to be a bit undone. He possibly might be delusional and quite insane. Um, okay, now this is, I've seen this before. Um, because I haven't, it might, it might have been 15 years since I've seen this movie. Jesus, you're yep. fucking old. Yeah, I watched Work. it on VHS back yes, when I lived. I, I lived with these two guys that their their main hobby was to play uh, NFL 2K on Sega Dreamcast, and uh, they, this one did not fly well in the house that night. <laughs> <laughs> there, are, there are certain movies that uh, definitely I. There are certain movies that I know that if I ever showed to my friends. <laughs> they would instantly start texting and doing other things and not paying attention to shit. And, this this but is I, one of them. Yeah, I will say this. I was watching this, and my friend Brian was. Uh, I was watching it on my iPad, and he was like, "What are you watching?" And I told him, and and just the 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 whole thing about the uh, conquistadors um, interested him. Uh, cool. And then I I <laughs> oh my god. I got in a discussion. He's the one that's like a he. He's a uh, Ron Paul supporter. Um, oh, he likes um, he 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 uh, likes guns. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is he's into conspiracy theory kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bilderberg, uh, Rothschilds, the Jewish conspiracy, the elders of Zion, blah 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 blah. All that stuff. Okay, so anyway, um, but I was explaining to him for some reason. I don't know what we were talking about, and I was trying to explain to him the movie Cruising <laughs> and the hanky part about when the Powers Booth. Uh, well, we were talking about um, uh, censorship, and mm-hmm. I, uh, I I said you know when I was uh, younger. I think it was like 86, something like that, uh, that when Oliver Stone's Platoon came out, uh, the local theater would not show it because they, uh, the conservative people in the area uh, protested, uh, even though they had never seen the movie, uh, because it was during Reagan's time of uber-patriotism and everything, and they said that uh, it it showed our troops negatively in Vietnam. Please. Uh, No shit. Uh, Last Temptation of Christ, they wouldn't show it, even though nobody had seen it. And uh, you no, know, I think Last Temptation of Christ is the only movie I've ever watched two times in a row back to back. Ah, 
I mean, unless you count like Christmas Story when it just plays through without paying attention. Yeah. Um, But I had started to say a few times, because we had this discussion on another group, um, and uh, we were talking, it, it, it led to Tracy Lord's, you know, uh, uh, you, you're still able to watch Tracy Lord movies and, and, uh, you know, Danish law is different. Uh, <laughs> Max Hardcore getting put in prison for making porn movies with women that are of age, but they're portraying girls underage. And he went to prison. Huh. Okay. And I was my first initial thing about the uh, Last Temptation of Christ and Platoon was, you know, these Christian right wing fundamentalists uh, and their censorship. But then I remember right. Tipper Gore with the music band, like Two Live Crew and all that stuff, and her crusade against lyrics and music and she obviously Ugh. was not a right-wing fundamentalist she's probably christian fundamentalist but yeah. not right wing and then i also what what it got into the cruising um thing was i was telling him about the homosexuals that were boycotting and protesting even the making of cruising that friedkin did and so it you know it can go either way politically sure um, so anyway, this movie, we'll get to this one. So um, I was, <laughs> I first came about this movie. Um, there is, it, it still exists. I, I don't know if it's still has as good a reviews and commentary, a website called ruthless reviews. And I mm-hmm. used to read it all the time because they were one of the first, I, I just found them one time and they have a whole thing about 80s action movies and they'll have like a breakdown of how many kills uh homoeroticism and stuff like that that we talk about all the time now in movies <laughs> and uh, the one guy on there matt i think his name was matt kale he was like the the main guy on there it's kind of like a blog or whatever, you know mm-hmm. and uh he loves Werner herzog he thinks Werner herzog is the greatest director and and that these movies you know and and so he really listening to him talk about kinski talk about Werner herzog talk about the documentaries talk about the movies and everything and reading about him really got me to want to see these movies and um the first one that i delved into was igire this might have been the first one i saw too there was a there was a there was a video store called i think it was north american video uh-huh. and they always had like a staff picks area and i think that's probably where i rented this the first time well i, I bought it i have the big like the clamshell VHS. Nice. I, it's in i can find it right now because i have like a little bookshelf uh in uh between the bedroom and the living room that my grandma had like knickknacks on and i have it full of fucking vhs and uh, <laughs> uh dvds but anyway um the box cover art which when you get on imdb and uh, you're looking at the picture and it's agire in his conquistador armor with his daughter and that sold it to me but i didn't know what it was going to be you know Mm -hmm. uh, you look at that it's almost like um the uh nicholas vending uh box art that i posted 
um, for Valhalla Rising, and I was laughing because they make it look like a straight-to-DVD <laughs> slasher sword movie, and it's anything but that. It's an RD, you know, uh, movie. And Another one with somebody lost in on water. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, there you go. There's there's a lot of, that you, there's a lot of similarities between this movie and that movie with them being on that boat, and in this movie they're on a raft, and um, <laughs> they get to where the water's not moving, and they're just sitting there, and they're mm-hmm. you know the heat, the sun's beating down on them. And, you know, uh, stranger in a strange land with savages and everything. Um, so that's a, that's a good call right there. You know, just that, that, that those movies are very similar. And, and yeah. so, well, if, this is like a, this is also kind of like a, a less accessible, uh, apocalypse now. Oh yeah. That whole well, like, see, that, traveling down the river thing. That's a, uh, that's one thing that, um, a comparison that that guy made on ruthless reviews was, uh, mm-hmm. uh, about this in apocalypse now, but he's like, Apocalypse Now is like there is a comparison, but he said, you know, the uh, this is like the world heavyweight champion of those movies, and Apocalypse <laughs> Now is kind of it's great, but it's nothing compared to this because of yeah. her song and because of Kinski. I don't know about that. Well, but um, his thing is that um, he didn't think Apocalypse Now went far enough. Uh, that it's not crazy enough and that and also from an artistic standpoint as mm-hmm. as far as um, Herzog's eye for nature and things like that are more um, almost like more like a, um, a Terrence Malick uh, where it's more art uh, and uh, the photography and his ability to like the initial um, scene, the very first shot, even though I've seen this movie before, I was mm-hmm. watching it and I'm watching this hillside and almost ant like. Oh God, it's, it's insane looking. Going down this fucking hillside which is just steep as shit. Now they said that the elevation. Uh, now was this in was this shot in Peru? Peru, like, yeah. Yeah, the elevation was high, so was high enough when they were doing that shot that people were actually getting altitude sickness, uh, where you get the brain swelling and 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 there, the, there's a, a a lack of oxygen because you're up in these high elevations, and the clouds. This 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 hillside is high enough that the clouds are hanging down, but you're looking far away because my eyes initially go to this like line of like ant like people mm-hmm. going down the side of this hillside. But then all of a sudden there's people coming up right in front of the camera, right in front of you. It goes all <laughs> the way down in this like golly and then comes up this other side and he's shooting this, but then it's like, holy fuck, look at this. And one thing that uh Kale was talking, and he is definitely a Herzog fanboy. Uh so his, you know, he's gushing, he's jacking off, and you know, it's like, God, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and and Herzog is fucking great. I will say that. Um, but he said any, an, another director might've 
been uh, either too impatient to just let it speak for itself. There's no dialogue. This is the, 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 the natural beauty and, and the natural just, it, it, he compared it almost to like uh, the people in these conquistador armor and outfits, uh, like some of the slaves and stuff have like red shirts on and the conquistadors have like a purplish thing. But as they're walking, it almost looks like blood flowing through the vein of the, of the jungle, you know, oh, wow. <laughs> going up another side. And he's saying, and he, but he said an, another director who wasn't uh, as good would have fucked it up by having to try and have them do something other than just walking and just shooting this and keeping the camera there and just showing how unbelievable the shot is, letting it speak for itself. There's no dialogue. There's no nothing. So anyway, you, you have that. Um, and I, I really think reading someone who, if number one is a, is a definite cinephile, but someone who has an appreciation for this director and these movies that's seen him over and over and reading that first and then watching the movie really helps you to appreciate it. I will say that because I think that at an earlier age, like say if I would have watched this when I was a lot younger, I probably would have watched this thinking, okay, where's the fucking guys with the swords (laughs) Where's the battles? Where's the action? You know, where's this and that instead of, like I said, like a Terrence Malick movie where someone might watch that. And I know like, and I'm not throwing out any kind of ball busting or anything like that, but there are like, um, uh, only God forgives. I know people will watch that and they're like, you know, this movie sucks. It's, uh, uh, Gosling just posing. He's not doing anything. Uh, it it doesn't have enough of this or that. It's just bullshit. The story, what the fuck's it about? Blah 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 blah. And I fucking is, eat it up. I love that shit. Whereas, yeah, Jay, this, this is one of those movies for me that you know you you talked about reading somebody that enjoys it. It's like it's this is a contextual movie. It's like you know sometimes when you watch a movie and you kind of want to be into it, but then the people that you watch it with are just kind of like blah blah blah. So you right. kind of like get annoyed and kind of like get annoyed with the movie as a result. And I'm pretty sure that happened the first time I watched this right. because nobody else was into it. So I was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's and why I didn't it, revisit it for so long. It's so disappointing when someone does that and then they don't even really pay attention and they mm-hmm. give up on it, especially even like movies that, that are just subtitled. I have friends like that that are like, Ugh, you know, Ugh, and they'll start bitching. And you're like, Jesus Christ, will you just shut up and watch the fucking thing? It's really good. I'm not, I'm not telling you it's good, you know, but anyway, um, Jake and I have had a con- have uh, an El Goro and I actually all three of us had this conversation at El Goro's apartment, and uh, uh, and Jake is his uh, appreciation leans more towards movies that uh, he said he likes. I can't remember that. I love the statement because when he was trying to explain it to me before, I'm like, come on, this is really good. But when he explained it the way he explained it, which is he likes. Uh, I I know I'm not going to get it right, but you'll get the gist of it. I like novels. I don't like poetry. Okay. And this movie is poetry and only God forgives is poetry. But these kind of movies, I have friends that'll watch this, this movie. And if it's not like we were talking about the great silence, how in other Westerns, good guy, 
you you establish the bad guy as a total piece of shit. Good guy comes into town, quiet, enigmatic, uh, and he you you find out his skills and and that he's like the wrath. He is the good guy is the wrath of God, uh, and the bad guys all fear him. And then they get him down. They torture him, brutalize him, and it goes bam, 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 bam. Final conclusion, uh, like a wrestling match. You you have the 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 uh, babyface comes in, gets gets some fire, gets the crowd fired up. Heel takes over, wears him down. Bam, bam, bam. Beats on him. Babyface tries to make a couple of comebacks. Heel cheats to get him down again. <laughs> and then they build to the final, the blow off and the final conclusion. And, but these movies, these type of movies are more, they're not spoon feeding you everything. They don't follow a formula. And these are the kind of movies that are ripe for to sit down with somebody else that has watched it and to discuss and to talk about them and to, to what do you, what do you think this meant? What do you think this meant? And I have some friends that when a, when a movie will just cut off where it normally would have the conclusion, they'll be like, well, I guess they must've ran out of money. And you're like, <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, but uh, I can understand that. But in some ways it's like, uh, you know, a chimp fucking trying to f- appreciate fucking the Mona Lisa or something, you know, and I'm not saying anything. Everybody, <laughs> it's, it's subjective. Everybody likes what they like. But, okay, getting uh, getting into the actual movie, uh, Pizarro, um, they come to, they're in South America, and they come, uh, the conquistadors, they've conquered, I think it was the... Is it the Aztecs or the Inca? The Incas. Aztecs, maybe the Incas. The Incas. They conquer them. They fucking uh, take them. Uh, some of them as slaves. They slaughter the fuck out of them. They bring their goddamn diseases over here that the natives are not fucking uh, uh, have not built up a tolerance to. So they wipe out shitloads of them without even fucking killing them with swords. But they killed a fucking shitload of them with swords and everything and cannon. Um, and um. They send Pizarro uh, with his men into the abyss, into uh, the jungles, into this uh, this living thing, which are these jungles of South America and the river. Like you said, Apocalypse Now, going up the river to kill Kurtz, you know, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, winding like a winding like a, a a main line. It plugs straight into Kurtz. You know, I love that fucking movie too. It's so good. Anyway, <laughs> um, but it's also w- weren't we going to do that with Gentleman's Guide sometime? Was that the one? Eh, we were going to do a lot of things. Set up? You know, who knows? Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I mean, I'd still like to do it. I like I said, I think that's a, a huge movie that if we got uh, some of our uh, guys together and as like a like a almost like kind of like a Skype party kind of a thing where we'll record mm-hmm. the, the whole thing or I think it'd be fun. Um, we'll think about it. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, um, maybe. But whereas the great silence um, had a commentary about these uh, rich capitalists uh, coming into the West um, 
there's no law and order. So they basically by the sword, um, come in and conquer and run out the poor, uh, with their hired guns who are greedy. They're greedy pieces of shit that want to take over the land and want to control everything. And they want to, um, they treat humans like they're nothing. This is the same thing with um, the conquistadors. They are a, in some ways, a more developed culture, um, but that's not always a good thing. Right. Uh, they come in plundering and killing, and and they're so fucking greedy. They bring their fucking religion, which is it's so fucking disgusting. And there's a lot of parallels in this movie and The Great Silence that we just watched mm-hmm. with a lot of the shit that goes on today in the world. Um, yeah. With rampant capitalism and greed and they're coming in and uh, you go in and just take over somebody. Uh, I mean, our whole country was based on that, just coming in and taking what we want and, you know, uh, you treat the enemy... Well, yeah, that, that- insane scene later on when you know we're we're skipping i mean skipping way ahead but the with the fat emperor just he just sitting there on his ass and they start floating down the river and he's like oh shit our country's already bigger than spain by the time we float along we're gonna own like half the fucking world (laughs) it's like what we're just taking what we want because we are we have god on our side and because we have we have uh the power and we are they're, and they they demonize the enemy, which every culture like this does. Uh, they're savages. They're they're animals. They're savages. You know they don't. They're they're infidels. They don't believe in God. Uh, <laughs> and the giddy is the wrath of God. Um, so anyway, but they are so fucked up in there. It's like the the the, the French. Uh, under you know Louis with the musketeers and and they go into battle with these bright colored uniforms and their long flowing hair and their ruffles and all this and that and it's the same way here <laughs> the Spaniards come over and they're wearing this fuck it's it's I mean can you imagine how hot like oh. the fucking Amazon it's fucking you know, South America. percent humidity. <laughs> yes, and they're wearing fucking armor and these steel fucking pots on their goddamn heads that are frying their fucking brains. They're carrying these women. Now, why would you even bring these women with you? And oh, that not looks like, so stupid. Yeah, and they're and they're they're carrying them in these these uh, silk covered. Uh, I don't know what the fuck. Oh, they what do they call those things? The the sedan chair. Yeah, the sedan chairs, and, and and the thing is, they they have these slaves that they bring. They have the they have, uh, and you know, like so this is this is not politically correct, but they have the Negro slaves that they have brought over that they brought over from um, from probably Spain that where they've conquered, and then they also because even the movie Burn with um with uh, Marlon Brando, which mm-hmm. was the same character that Ed Harris played in the. Um, what was the one we did that uh, where they were in South America? They were mercenaries. Ed Harris had had like the Clash. Oh, it was the guy that did um, Repo Man. The Alex Cox movie. Alex Cox movie. Uh, um, what the fuck? Same thing. I just I'll, I'll, I'll look it up. Because they 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 came over and and they they killed off 
they, they enslaved a lot of the the native people, the indigenous people, and then a lot of them died from disease and everything. So they brought Negro slaves over. Uh, did we cover from, that? It was um, it was a. Uh, I thought we did oh, talk shit. about that. We covered it, or we? Talked well, I know about we talked about. It. I can't remember if we did it on the show or not. But um, the Brando, they they made a, a, a the movie Burn was about which was way before that that Brando did was the same character that the Ed Harris character played Walker Walker, Walker maybe we yes. did do Walker and um so they did the same thing here so you have Indian slaves or Indian slaves I'm sorry because the only reason they called them Indians is because you know they came over and <laughs> they thought, thought they, they were in India, India. Right. um stupid ass fucking Columbus the fucking killer. And, uh, you know, Cortez the killer and everybody else that came over here and slaughtered people. Pizarro the killer. Yeah, Pizarro the killer. Um, And I hate when people are like, well, yeah, but, you know, when they came over here, these fucking tribes were killing each other. They were at war. You know, God, fuck off. You know, it's the (laughs) truth. But, you know, you have to – it it is the truth. But, um, you know, man fucking kills man and, you know, that's the way it is. But still, you have to also look at what you are. You can't say. Yeah. Uh, I, I I was showing my buddy when we were talking about this movie and talking about shit that we've done. You know, uh, that's the scene from The Watchmen where you know the owl guy goes, you know, the the comedian shooting fucking protesters, and he's like, Jesus Christ, what the hell happened to us? What happened to the American dream? And the comedian turns around and goes, The American dream? What or what happened to the American dream? This is it. It ha- <laughs> it, it happened. This is it. Um. <laughs> So anyway, uh, Pizarro sends, is it Ursus? I always want to say Ursus, but it's not Ursus. It's, uh, it, oh shit, where's it It started with a P. No, the one guy's name started with a U. Oh, well, there was was Ursua. Ursua. And then, but then like there was the guy like under him that was with long hair. Perucha. No, that was Ursua. Ursua had the long hair. Then the other guy, like the, the, the one guy that just gets shot in the chest. Right. Just for, he was yeah. he was the main guy, Perucho. Okay. Yeah. Ursua was the the other guy, uh the like the the second in command on the expedition. Uh oh no, Igire was the second or he was but yeah. anyway, whatever. Okay, that's the hierarchy. <laughs> but, but um so they they're going along and they bring fucking like horses and it reminded me of Jesse Ventura in fucking Predator. You know, uh, this fucking jungle <laughs> makes fucking uh, Cambodia look like Kansas. And it was probably the, like it's the same goddamn jungle as this fucking movie, you know. The vines <laughs> and shit, it's so thick, you know. Uh, it's 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 unbelievable. And they're trying to walk through this shit carrying those goddamn fucking boxes with the ladies in them. And, the, and they have these horses and it's the guy's so trying stupid. to... The guy's trying to ride the fucking horse, and he's getting fucking vines just hanging all over him and, you know, getting frustrated. The one um, poor bastard carrying a damn wagon wheel on his back. Yeah, and pushing this fucking big fucking heavy cannon up these muddy trails and everything. You know, they're in the rainforest. Uh, so anyway, they're going along, and uh, they, they get to a certain point, and they're, they're searching for El Dorado. And it even says, I think, at the beginning that... Um, uh, when Cortez and these people, you know, came there uh, and the indigenous people were realizing, okay, you know, we're, we're getting slaughtered, uh, that they, they created the idea and the story of El Dorado right. to fuck with these people so that they, and they would say, okay, it's across these swamps. It's across this inaccessible 
jungle and everything. And these greedy fucks that are just after gold and riches and everything are like, holy fuck, if we find this, <laughs> oh my God. So they take, they bring all their shit, just like Vietnam, where we, uh, we took too much shit. Uh, and we're fighting people that live in the jungle that with a bag of rice and three rounds of ammo and, and bows and arrows with helicopters and all this stuff. We took too much shit. We went over there. We got stuck in the jungle. We, you know, we didn't know where, what we were doing and we couldn't see the right. enemy. This, this movie has a lot of parallels with Vietnam actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and you very rarely see the indigenous natives uh, I like how okay, but anyway, they decide they're going to get on these rat. They're going to make rafts, and they're going. Uh, and uh, Pizarro says, "Okay, you fuckers, we're going to stay here. Uh, you fuckers, build these rafts, get on these rafts, and uh, go and find El Dorado. You have a certain amount of time. If you're not back by this time, uh, then we'll assume you're dead." Um, <laughs> Great. So they, yeah, and they put the horse on the goddamn rafts, and you know they bind all these rafts together and everything, and they take off with a cannon, and some men, some slaves. They take two of the women with them, Aguirre and his daughter, and I think it was uh, Perucho, and I think that was his daughter, and then that Arusa or whatever his name was was her man, I believe. She was hot. She was she hot. Was. She was very good looking. Aguirre's daughter was good looking, but she was pretty young. Um, right, and and knowing what we know now, it was kind of creepy how he was talking about her. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Well, <laughs> not only that, but the character, the stuff that he says toward the end is creepy, and it reminded me of one Salo uh, one hundred and twenty days of Sodom toward the end. I'll tell talk about that a little bit. Um, but they get on the rafts. They're going down the river, and they they they're at uh, one um, part, which kind of reminded me of like the African Queen with John Huston putting the camera on the 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 uh, the steamship and riding right. down the rapids with Humphrey Bogart and uh, uh, and getting those and shots, giant head. Sh- shooting the rapids, <laughs> you know, and. Um, and so Herzog actually has, you know, it's obvious he has cameras on these fucking rafts or boats or whatever, and they're going down this white water, which is pretty rough. Um, the one boat uh, gets in what they call an eddy, okay? And it's where the rapids are going by really quickly, but there's a swell of water off toward like the embankment against a, um, a cliffside. And it's kind of still water. And if you get in there, you really can't get out because the water kind of swirls in there and you're just sitting there and there's no way to when, get back out into the mainstream. And they're I fucking go, stuck. Yeah, when I would go canoeing with uh, in uh, in scouts back in the day, uh-huh. I was horrified of shit like that. Because there's another one I don't remember the name of. It's similar to an eddy, except the water doesn't spin around like a whirlpool like that. It's where there's a rock that juts out under the water, but uh-huh. it there's water underneath it too. So the water goes around it. Like, yeah. And you can suck you under the rock. And I'm like, fuck that. Well, I remember in deliverance when they, when they uh, were shooting down the rapids and that, which was another, you know, you get these guys like Herzog, like John Houston and um, uh, uh, Borman that that's one, uh, an impressive thing about those directors 
in some ways it's impressive, in some ways it's insanity, and in some ways they put right. a lot of people's lives on the line. Burt Reynolds said he almost died shooting the rapids in deliverance because when they went down the rapids and the canoes tipped over and he had to, and it's obvious Burt Reynolds doing it, sliding down that fucking rock in nothing but his life jacket. And I think Voight did the same thing. He got sucked under the fucking water and he was in that, um, where it sucks you under. And, and when you try and come up, it just mm-hmm. whirls you back down under. And he kept going that, and he thought he was going to drown. But when the, the canoe guy, the guides told them, if you go under the water and that happens, don't try and come up. When you try and come up, it just whirlpools you right back underneath. You go no, all you you go to the bottom and go along the bottom, and it will shoot you out. You know, uh, instead of trying to – it's almost like when you're at the beach and you get caught in like that riptide. If you try and keep trying to swim in, it will just keep pushing you out. You swim, uh, you swim east to west, not towards the shore, and then you get out of it and then go in. So that's a survivalist tip from me. <laughs> <laughs> so don't do that. So anyway, um, they're on the other side of the river, and they can see their buddies over there or their their uh, comrades or whatever, and they're stuck. And there's just a sheer cliffside, and they, and uh, they say, well, okay, go down. Um, they send some guys down the the river further and then they get off on that side of the river climb up the hill and go down and take ropes to 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 try and get those guys out of there off uh, from the top of the cliff and you know Aguirre is he kind of reminded me of like Richard the third he I believe is and Kinski kind of tries to pull this off without having like a prosthesis he's supposed to be a, a humpback a hunchback, okay, uh, uh, or have like a kind of a deformed hunch shoulder kind of back. He and has a weird, him, like, very sinister, like gait. The way he walks around and stuff—that's why he walked the way he did and stuff. And Richard okay. III, I think, supposed to was supposed to be like kind of a repulsive hunchback kind of a guy too. And in even the way he acts is kind of like Richard III, where he's kind of just this conniving, plotting, planning fuckhead, uh, which is awesome. He's just an awesome fucking <laughs> character, you know. Um, even though he's a, a, a bastard, um, he he kind of starts. Uh, he's like, you know, f- basically when they're saying, "Hey, we need to send these guys down, go on the other side, and try and help these guys," he's kind of like, you know, fuck them. You know, they're stuck over there. We're never going to get them out. Fuck them. But he kind of says it to a few of his close subordinates. He has one guy who's kind of a bigger guy that seems like he's kind of like a psychopath. Um, and um, also a psychopath <laughs> also yes a megalomaniacal maniacal fucking psychopath uh, Aguirre um, but uh, the leader um, of the of the group um, Perucho he is in command but you start to see Aguirre exercise he he starts whispering in people's ears he's not full out like uh he's he's very clever he's very uh he he's the kind of guy that he doesn't come right out and say fuck these guys let's take over you know he starts mm-hmm. whispering in certain ones ears and telling them this and that and planning and 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 um uh 
almost like the devil. He's, he's spreading his dissension. And um, he eventually, the, one of the things that kind of, that he does that uh, starts making people uh, that are in charge say, okay, what the, f- th- okay, this guy's kind of whatever, <laughs> is um, when they try to rescue the people and they finally get to the top of the cliff, they look down and everybody's dead. Uh, uh, and that's all killed thing. by the natives. Yeah, throughout the whole movie, as I said before, you don't really see that. You see the natives a couple of times, just glimpses of them, but you don't really see them. Uh, you have a Vietnam parallel at one point where they come to a village uh, after some of their men have been slaughtered, and they do the um, like a My Lai massacre kind of a thing where they go in. And they they have these grass huts, and you saw that in Vietnam a lot, where they would go into these to these villages and 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 burn down all the huts and uh, blow everything to bits, you know, with the cannon and shit, kill everybody. But uh, like the the uh, Viet Cong or the you know natives, uh, you just see the little like arrows that are like little blow dart arrow poisonous arrows stuck in the guy's necks. You don't even, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll just be standing there talking. They'll turn around and look and there'll be a guy laying there dead and you never even heard it. And the guy will have a poison arrow in his neck or they have like these long, uh, or a fucking arrow sticking out of his forehead. <laughs> yes. Yeah, spears and, and, and these long arrows. Um, but Aguirre, when they say, uh, it's this is one of those Christian things because they have a monk with them, a priest, and he is he's the narrator. Yeah, he's like the narrator. It's, it's his he's, journal. Yeah, he's the only the only uh, he 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 wasn't a survivor. He was uh, but he, it was his journal, so he's reading right. the whole thing. But he brings his uh, you know, Christian values to the whole thing, which is in very a lot of it's super ridiculous. And it's yeah, done his, for reason. his one Christian value when somebody tells him, uh, "Just imagine you can replace your your silver cross with a gold cross," and he turns around with this like horrific, like "Yeah" grin on his face. Yeah, but but that's I mean that was typical back then with the Inquisition and with uh, when like I said when you watch the Three Musketeers with Cardinal de Richelieu, uh, where these these men were supposedly men of God, but. When they get a when they when when a, a peaceful native and his woman show up in a canoe and they just kind of come over like hey what's going on guys you know they immediately take them captive and they're asking where's El Dorado where's El Dorado and um, when the guy says oh it's up you know it's up there you know um, the priest uh, or the monk uh, immediately starts trying to convert this guy to to Christianity and he, he says this is the word of God and hands the guy the Bible and there's somebody translating for him of course and then the the indigenous guy takes the Bible and holds it up to his ear and he goes I can't hear anything where you said it's the word of God I can't hear anything and they immediately kill the guy they stab him infidel you know blasphemer so the hypocrisy and the disgusting I mean it's just it's so just horrible them using what should be a peaceful, you know, uh, loving, forgiving, caring uh, religion to slaughter and kill and for greed and the glorification of these fucking cocksuckers is just sickening. But it's it's a it's a great commentary to have him along, which they probably I guarantee you they brought these guys along with them 
you know, during oh, yeah. these times and stuff like this. And that shit happened. Um, but Aguirre eventually uh, stages a mutiny. And what I was going to say was uh, the one thing that was kind of like a tip off of, of, of what he was about was um, when they went to uh, they, the, the, the uh, Perucho and the priest are like, we have to claim their bodies so that we can give them a Christian burial. Which is kind of like in, <laughs> in Vietnam or whatever war we've been in where they say we can't – like they would try and retrieve the dead bodies of American soldiers. We can't leave anybody behind. Even if they're dead, we have to go get those and take them back to their fam- you know, their body, back to their families. And you're, you're having hundreds of guys get killed trying to retrieve the dead bodies to take back. And that's what Aguirre in some ways was right. He was like, you know, we're going to go over and we're going to risk – Number one, we only have a certain amount of time to find El Dorado and get back before they're just going to leave us. And number two, we're going to risk our lives, and everybody over there's dead. They're dead. You know, <laughs> fuck it. So he basically, again, he doesn't do it himself. He's the devil. He's whispering, and he tells one of his guys, "Hey, uh, why don't you go clean the cannon?" The guy. Yeah, cleans I like, the I like his. Maybe maybe we should leave that one to be discovered. The what he how okay. he. Okay, gets around this mess because that's it's a pretty nice yeah. discovery. Yeah, and so he he does that, and and in Richard the Third, Richard is like narrating it himself. He's like you know telling you you know his his plot and how he's you know going to do this and that and how he's manipulating these people and everything. So Aguirre starts doing that shit, and he eventually almost. Um, Well, he stages a, a, a coup or a mutiny. And some of the stuff that happens after that, uh, again, shows his cunning because he does not immediately, when he is obviously the guy with the power, mm-hmm. he has the charisma and the cunning to pull this off to whisper in people's ears and to weave his plot. But when he gets the ability to say, I'm taking over. I'm, fuck Captain Bly, I'm going to take over. He doesn't take over himself. He puts George yeah, W. He's Bush never, in that's... charge instead, and he he pulls the strings from behind. Did I just there say... There you go. He's, he is like God. <laughs> he, he's, yes. He's playing well, God the God or the devil or whatever. Right. 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 You see that throughout history. And I just mentioned something and I'm not going to say it again about a current or a puppet that we just had recently that was having his strings pulled by our Aguirre who walks (laughs) around with a mechanical heart and says, I torture him and I torture him again. You know, that kind of shit. Anyway, that's another parallel. It seems, isn't it funny how we just keep repeating history? Um, Weird. Yeah. So <laughs> it's funny how I'm talking about this movie, but it parallels Vietnam. It parallels this. It parallels that. You know, and it's like, okay, yeah, it's it's a, it's just basically greedy fucking bastards and shit. You know. Yeah. Uh, and dumb fucks that will that that zealots and. Uh, uh, fucking assholes that will give them the muscle to do everything they do because they're followers instead of thinkers. 
uh, yeah, another, we'll probably lose some members on this, uh, call me. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, you, they become so delusional with greed and lust that they decide they're going to fuck Cortez, fuck Pizarro, fuck everybody. We're going to do our own thing. We're going to become the rich, the powerful, the 1%. It's within our grasp. <laughs> and even though they're out in the middle of nowhere and they have nothing and they're lost and they're strangers in a strange land that, that they're, they're in a hopeless situation. They're, they're so getting delusional. swallowed alive by, by this yes. fucking monster of a jungle. By the jungle, by, by nature. And Herzog, his thing about, like... When you see Malik, when Malik shoots nature and he talks and they and and his idea of nature is the beauty of nature and um, these beautiful birds and the plants and insects and animals, Herzog's is the horror of nature. The um, he sees the beauty in the horror of animals devouring you, Timothy Treadwell being devoured by these fucking bears and these plants that, these vines and ivy that will consume everything and these fish that can eat every bit of your bone. It's nature and it's beautiful, but it is all-consuming. It kills everything and Herzog has some really strange ideas about <laughs> all this. And then you thrust man who is a part of nature into this, but they're so fucking stupid and driven by greed and lust and all this stuff. And they create their own government. And he puts this fat bourgeois <laughs> idiot in as the, as the new emperor of of El Dorado and what they're going to call, you know, well, they called it New Spain when they came over here, like we call it, you know, America or North America or New England or whatever. New England, right. And, um, North Carolina. Oh, wait. Yeah. The Americas. Well, yeah, North Carolina. <laughs> so anyway, um, and they prop him up and Aguirre, who is the fascist Heinrich Himmler or... Um, uh, Reinhard Heydrich, he's the muscle. He's the guy that makes things, gives him the power. He has his little thug goon squad of SS, if you want to use a Nazi analogy, that keep the slaves and the serfs and, and the natives that they captured in line and the grunts. And if he tells them if you... If one man steps out of line, they'll get, you know, 199 lashes. And if one man takes one piece of grain more than their ration or one piece of corn more, they'll get 155 years in prison. And he's saying oh, all this shit. That's a fantastic qu quote he has. What, I, I think I wrote it down. Hang on. Uh, uh, da, 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 where did it, oh, yeah. Whoever thinks about deserting will be cut into a 198 pieces and then trampled upon until you can paint the walls with him. 
Whoever eats one grain too many will be locked up for 155 years. If I, Aguirre, want the birds to drop dead from the trees, the birds will drop dead from the trees. I am the wrath of God. The earth I walk upon sees me and quakes. And that that <laughs> scene and the scene... Um, Well, it's. I'll just say it. I mean, it's the, the. He has that scene, and he he has the little times where he's acting without speaking. He's right. walking around and he's plodding and he's lurching around with his kind of humpback kind of walk and everything. And um, that's that scene, the wrath of God, and you know the the earth trembles beneath me, and you know blah 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 blah. And then the scene, the monkey scene, where he mm-hmm. is. To me, he ends up with his loyal subjects. He is the <laughs> mad, the mad uh, emperor of nothing, uh, and his subjects are hundreds of these. What a shot that is! You know that that mm-hmm. that whole thing with it. And who the fuck did I showed that to my friend Brian? I'm watching this. And I said, "Check this out." I paused it. I said, "Check this out." Look at these monkeys swimming. I never thought of fucking <laughs> oh, monkeys. Oh, they, they were going. Leaping in the water and just like it was nothing. I mean, they just did. Just got a I little mean, head I, bobbing along. <laughs> obviously, they swim, you know. Um, <laughs> but uh, the fat, the, or not the fat asshole, but the asshole rich banker fuckhead in the great silence that's chomping on the chicken and the grease, and he's just eating like a pig that can't get enough while the people are starving outside living in the woods having to to become bandits and live off the land the same goes here they they catch fish and they still in their way make it like a feast where they smoke the fish and they they put apples and fruit inside of it and they give this guy who is nothing they 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 just created him out of nothing and said, Aguirre says, you are the new emperor. I vote for you. And he looks around at everybody. Who votes for him? And they're all reluctant. So, of course, his little cabal of maybe three or four guys that are mercenary uh, fighters that would hack your head off or kill you in a heartbeat. Uh, and everybody knows that they're everybody's scared of him. They raise their hands immediately. But then Aguirre gives all these other people the, this look. And he walks around and he just keeps looking at him. And eventually they, it's like peer pressure. They bow to the pressure and they, so they put this, and so they're feeding this fat fuck and they put him on a pedestal and they worship him. And that's another thing, uh, my friend and I, even though we have like a left right alliance uh, where he believes in these things and I believe in these things, but we also taught, we have, we have certain beliefs that we find that we, we agree on. And that's that, like a lot of our civil servants, all the way up to the top of like the president, where people will hold them like this fat asshole. They look at them like the people look at British royalty or other royalty. They put them on this pedestal when in our country they are our employees. We pay their mm-hmm. salaries. They work for us, but they get into a mindset like these people do that they are above us, even though they all they did was just take this guy out of nothing. He was nothing and said, we're going to prop you up and we're going to worship you. We're going, <laughs> Even though we're starving, we're going to feed you and stuff like that. So it's just 
delusional. They get in this delusional mindset. But they had that delusional mindset even before. When they came and they brought all their pomp and circumstance into this savage land, uh, and they brought this delusional religion and this delusional uh, idea of um, hierarchy, uh, you are a slave or you are a serf or you are a grunt and we are above you even though you're just a human and they're just a human. And still try and keep that alive in this savage world that's, cons like you said, that literally is consuming them. And the indigenous people are they this is their land it's another vietnam thing or the old wild west where mm -hmm. custers out there running around slaughtering people and you know you get the guerrilla tactics while they're marching in a straight line or they have a giant cannon that they're having to lug and everything so it goes on and on like that um where agire Eventually, they're delusional even to begin with, with just the way that the structure of their lives, what's acceptable. But then as they go along and they start running out of food and like the, that fucking poor horse, I felt sorry for it as it's oh, God. sliding around on this slick raft and it's falling and its tail gets in the fire and the dumb fuck says get that horse out of here. Just, it's not even worth it. Kick it off. And the guy, and then after they, it, it swims away, which I love because it, it got away, you know, but uh, then that, there's a fantastic shot of it. Like, because the boat's moving away, we're getting this perspective view, but it looks like right. the trees are eating the horse. But the horse is standing it's, there. It's just standing there, but as you're floating away slowly. Right, I, and yeah. all you, the, 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 the perspective you get is that the trees are just kind of engulfing it at that point. Yeah, and the one guy's like, that was so stupid because we could have ate that fucking horse for a week, you know. <laughs> but but their descent into madness um, has started way before this, is, you know, as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. It started in Spain. Uh, but <laughs> it, it really gets bad because of starvation. They start, they don't have any food. Um, they... You have Aguirre who's trying to maintain the structure. Uh, they probably all have dysentery because they're drinking that water and they're fucking eating the plants and stuff. And you know that there's organisms and stuff in that water. And mm -hmm. they probably, their assholes are probably, you know, their intestines are probably hanging out <laughs> their assholes and they're shitting their guts out. And and the heat from the sun and the, the river stops moving almost. It's a standstill, so they're not even really moving. And um, it just gets worse and worse and worse. And um, to the point where you come to a conclusion with Kinski, as I said, the, 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 you have a, a lot of the – the Kinski owns the fucking movie. Of course, he's the star, but yeah. he owns this fucking movie. This, this is, I believe, the first movie that Kinski and Herzog worked together in. Yep, it was their first, though, first, first, first movie together. 
Yeah, and but they knew each other before this. If you watch the documentary that Herzog did, my my best fiend, instead of best mm-hmm. friend, it was best fiend. Have you seen that? I haven't. Check that out because it's very good, and it, it he talks about their relationship and everything. Uh, it's a good documentary. He goes back to where they lived before they became famous uh, in like a boarding house together and everything, and how Kinski was even then. Um, but the, there are two classic scenes, which are the end scene, which I'll call the monkey scene, uh, and the scene that you talked about, the wrath of God. And uh, yeah. But there's so much in between, but it's not a movie that, like you said, that people are going to there's certain there's some people that are going to just not be into this movie it's yeah. more of an arty movie it has Definitely. a ton of violence in it but it's not the kind of violence that people that like rambo or even sword slashing right and, the, and that's kind of what like you know when i said earlier that this movie is like a less accessible Apocalypse Now. Now, certain elements of Apocalypse Now might not be as accessible as this, mainly the fact that, you know, if you look at certain cuts of it, it's like two and a half hours long, and it gets really fucking weird when he's meeting Kurtz, and uh, Brando's all sweaty and just kind of rambling on. It's <laughs> and his crazy ass. Stuff because he didn't learn his lines. Right. So, but <laughs> at, you have that, but at the same time, you've got... Um, you, and this you know, is seven got, years uh, before Apocalypse Now. Right, you've got the helicopters but, but, blowing but up, everything, Heart the bridge exploding. Was, yeah, Heart of Darkness was, you know, what Apocalypse Now was based on, and probably right, right, right. a certain amount of this, they took the conquistadors and said, okay, let's have Kurtz, kind of a Kurtz-like thing, a, a journey. I can't mm-hmm. imagine. I mean, do you think that Herzog kind of looked towards that, maybe, the the book, Heart of Darkness? <laughs> I don't know with him. Like, I, on one hand, I might say yes. On the other hand, it might be something that he just like sat down to dinner one night and he's like, "Oh, I would make a movie." Of, you know, like it's, I just want I'm going to make everybody the, go to the jungles, the jungle, yeah, the forest and, and the animals <laughs> and the f- crazy but, Klaus Kinski. You know, you 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 touched on the you touched it's on that impossibly stuff. steep mountainside yeah. at the beginning. That was a great way to open the movie and. um it, even even when that starts, like Kinski says, he already knows that shit's gonna go sour because one of the first things he even says is that he's telling the guy this river is gonna this river is gonna carry us all away, right. like we're gonna we're this it's gonna eat us. Well, um, I'm well, I'm know, thinking the, not to cut you off, but while I, I just was thinking, I I I said when you said about Kinski in retrospect, what we know of, what we have found out about him in his real life mm-hmm. with his daughter. And then something that is he says in this movie at the end about his daughter. And yeah, no, I that's said, what I meant. It reminded me of 120 Days of Sodom is that when all those fascists were in that castle and they were doing all the shit that they were doing and they, they, were, they called themselves the um, Sodomites and they were going to do everything and anything no matter how taboo, one of the things that they all said was that they were going to marry their um, children mm-hmm. and, have, and, and have children with them to create this almost like master race. And that's another thing that my friend Brian and our left, right Alliance deal 
were talking <laughs> about was the this old school idea of I don't know if it would if this would necessarily be eugenics, but like these um, this royalty thing where the royals would marry their cousins and marry their you know the the the, the uh, German Tsar would be uh, the cousin to the uh, or I mean uh, the Russian Tsar would be the cousin of the German Kaiser who was the cousin of Queen Elizabeth who was the cousin of and they were all inbred and we talked about this and also talked about it as far as animals go and people that are like I want a purebred dog I want a purebred lab I want a purebred bulldog I want a purebred this when in reality and this is a eugenics thing the more diverse an animal is the healthier it is the more mentally stable it is and right. the less diverse which is more the more inbred and the closer the breeding is to being inbred the you have those royals that were hemophiliacs that were mentally challenged that had physical abnormal abnormalities you know and stuff like that yeah. And, but their idea was the royal bloodline, and Aguirre falls into that, and maybe Kinski did too. I don't know. Huh. You know, that's disgusting, but I mean, it's just such a tough. The Nazis yeah. had the same thing. That was a. Th but there was a documentary on Netflix that I talked about, and what have you been watching? Or what have you been watching? Thing of, I don't know, it's probably been a month or so ago about eugenics. And a lot of that stuff, actually, some of it, or a lot of it, the philosophy of it, where they actually took it and, and started calling it this, mm -hmm. ha happened in America. And then they the Europeans picked up on it, but way before it happened over here, before they put a name to it and started actually talking about trying to do it um, purposefully. Uh, culling out the the subhumans and all this and that, and creating this master race and everything. Like I said, the royals and shit were doing that in Europe for hundreds of years way before America right, even right. existed. So fuck it, we're number one. <laughs> USA. And you still can't um, tell me that George Bush is an inbred. <laughs> I well, fuck. Um, you know you you you've covered this pretty thoroughly. I don't have a ton to add. Um. I, I don't know if it was technical error or not, but there's a few times where the camera is has is completely hazy, like it's fogged over. And I don't know if that was just because of the weather, but it, it kind of added to the effect, I think. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure if it was on purpose or added not. To a, kind of a creepy feel, you know, yeah. Yeah. Nightmarish, kind of creepy. But, um, you know, this this ultimately is it's just a... It's a simple... It's simple plot-wise, but it's ultimately about these, you know these men that are you know just striving for these these greedy achievements they they are they're 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 prideful and no matter what how they fight against it no matter how they um you know what they desire this this world is just going to destroy them there's nothing they can do about it and it's just they're they're helpless regardless of how strong they think they are um well, hey, you know, pretty... uh, in, in no matter what, it's like uh, no matter how omnipotent and powerful man thinks that they are, 
I mean, mm. look what we're doing right now. And there's people that believe that nature is going to end up destroying us because we're going to take things so far that, you know, and create this, um, these weird weather patterns where we're going to have super storms that are eventually going to annihilate us. So, you know, yeah. Super storms are the fucking, the, all the, the sea levels rising and, uh, you know, which is going to make all those storms even worse because the storm surge is going to come miles inland and save it. Pinko. Nobody believes your shit. Sorry. (laughs) It's just, it's it's just, it's just, yeah. Hey, it's cold outside. That's so much for global warming, right? Dude, it's 20 Um, fucking degrees here. Yeah. (laughs) Three, three more listeners just ran out the door, or uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, there's one more line I like when uh, Kinski tells the fat guy, he's like, "Have you ever seen? Have you ever seen solid ground that would support your weight?" And I thought that was a pretty good line too. Um, but I, I don't he's have like, anything else. Yeah. Uh, we can go ahead and rate it. Fuck this movie. I get a two. Yeah, I give it a two. I, 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 I'll, I'll tell you what. Um, this is a fucking classic. Um, when I when I for some reason I I was kind of leery about watching it again I don't know why because I mm-hmm. hadn't seen it in a long time and I and I but when I, I I just get into it and it's another one that even though I had seen it and I think I believe I've only seen it one time before and when I saw it before i would say that was at least my god it was probably 15 years ago maybe more what if we watched and, it on the same day and i'm getting i i am because you grow as a person and you become smarter yeah. and you start seeing things whatever well, uh i actually it's one i think that every time i watch it i'll probably get more out of it and mm-hmm. You know, it's fun to discuss. I would give this a ten. Nice. Um, I give it. <laughs> Does that is that a, extreme? No, no. Hey, whatever. If if it's is, if, if is you this can't movie find, is it extreme? <laughs> it's if, an extreme anything, rating for an extreme movie. For me, um, for for uh, Herzog's movies that are not documentaries, um, his deliberate pace. Is is the one thing that I could ever say that doesn't work for me at times, and and this too movie slow. can get, can feel like it too. It, it, it his movies always feel slow, so if you're not like ready for it, and that that would be the only yeah. drawback I take for it. I give it an eight point five. I I really like this too. Um, it's uh it's it's dense subject matter with a light plot, so it's not for everybody, but it's it's uh it's quite impressive if you're if you're well. Ready I've been for told it, so. that I'm dense. <laughs> All right, thick-headed, right? Um, let's take a break, and we don't have any feed sack, but we've got a few questions to go over. We got to power through because Zom's got to go to work. So people just we'll be right give up. They just give up. Yeah, well, it they happens. Give, they, All right, we'll be right back. On us. They're quitters. Quitters. One dark and stormy night in the mid '80s. Joe Bob Briggs, Harlan Ellison, and the ghost of El Santo pulled a train on Elvira while Siskel and Ebert sobbingly masturbated in the corner. From that union arose the greatest movie critic and luchador that ever lived. We're not going to talk about him. He's kind of a dick. 
Instead, we're going to talk about me, El Goro, the stuttering movie fan and host of the Talk Without Rhythm podcast. Every week on Talk Without Rhythm, I discuss two to three movies tangentially tied together by a theme. I cover action. And the most complete fighter in the world. Sci-fi. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Horror. Oh, no tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering. And the continuing adventures of James Spader, sexual deviant. You're not worried that I'm going to fuck you, are you? So check me out at TWORpodcast.blogspot.com, drunkenzombie.com, or subscribe on iTunes. Talk Without Rhythm, the only podcast that will not attract the world. Adios. Go, row. I saved the Go, row song for the end here. No feed sack, I, I, like I, I said, but... I feel like but... Vin Diesel in a fur coat. <laughs> I think that was uh, Klaus Kinski singing that. So. All right. Uh, to his daughter. No, not nasally enough. What? All right. You want to co- go over the, our, our questions for the day? Well, all righty. Let's get her done. Let's get, let's get mm-hmm. down to it. Next week, we're going to review uh, some uh, Larry the Cable Guy movies. Yeah. Larry the Cable Guy and the Passion of the Christ. Jingle all the way to, and uh, what was that other one he did? Where he was like the, yeah. I hate that. I've actually seen one of his movies. I have to. I I was forced to watch uh, one of them. Uh, Let's see here. Andrew TC, or Mm -hmm. ATC, asks, If you both had one piece of advice to give your teenage selves, what would it be? Uh, you better go first. Oh, let me think. Fuck everything you can. (laughs) It will never get better than what you have to fuck. Right now. (laughs) But wear a rubber. Wear a rubber. Wear wear lots of rubbers. And fuck everything. I think... Mine would be to uh, while don't I'm get young. Well, I don't know. <laughs> fucking like <laughs> try harder when you're when you're young because no. once you get to a certain age, it's just fucking over and there's no really <laughs> mobility. Never try just, hard because you're all gonna you're gonna die anyway. So who gives a fuck? Uh, yeah, maybe that. Yeah, I would have I would have worked hard. harder. I would I would have worked harder in school. Think about all these people that bust their ass and that try really hard and everything 
and all the stress that they are that they put themselves under and everything and being a uh, a slacker man you just got to learn how to relax you're a no, slacker no, no, but it, you're a stressed not, out slacker not the stress part of it but what i mean <laughs> is like i just kind of cruised through school and when i finished i was not in a position like where i was ever going to get I, I pretty much had to learn a job after school. I would have told myself, listen, decide kind of think about what you want to do. Focus on that. Don't don't try to like don't get your don't worry about the degree and don't worry about all that stuff. Work hard on something that's gonna help you like be comfortable and like happy with your fucking so career. So do path. you think if you would have put more effort into taking bumps and your interviews that you could have actually um been more successful in your professional wrestling yeah yeah i might have won i might have won the north carolina uh eastern coast junior heavyweight title yeah did you see that picture i sent you on skype of ricky morton and his giant audi belly button (laughs) yes okay this for comes from kb the kel man Mm -hmm. The Uh-oh. Well, well, I was going to try. I've come up with stupid nicknames for everybody. Um, <laughs> he just stated something. It doesn't have a question mark. Favorite current WWE wrestler? Mm, you have one? Well, I guess it would. I, I don't watch it now, but I, I when the, the Wyatt family was out there, I liked that mm-hmm. uh, Bray Wyatt. But, uh, yep. well. I will say this, uh, Jake turned me on to Cesaro and I think he's really good. And then there was this kind of barrel chested, uh, guy with long hair and a beard that was like a, was he Italian or something? A Russian? Oh, the Russian guy. The Bulgarian. Yeah. Uh, 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 Lana and, uh, I liked him too. Yeah. I liked, I liked his look and I liked his style. But I if like I had, I li- yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. No, but I, I don't watch it enough to really. Moondog Maine. There you go. Yeah. Um, I like. <laughs> uh, Dolph Ziggler's really growing on me. Um, and he's funny on Twitter. Uh, Bray Wyatt, Bray Wyatt's up there. Um, I like. Daniel Bryan wrestling. He's still a little corny on the mic, and I think he always will be. Yeah. Um. I'll go with Dolph. I'll go with Dolph Ziggler. I like. I it. He's Daniel fun. Bryan was done. I didn't think he was even. No, wrestling. he's coming back. He's going to uh, wrestle in the Royal Rumble. <laughs> Speaking of which, I think we have a Royal Rumble question. Justin Boner coming up. Um. Let's see. This is from AIB. Uh. <laughs> Anthony. What's your what's your favorite grooming products regarding facial hair? Hmm. Titty, 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 titty. Hmm? Do you have any? I have these little clippers that I just bought, uh, but I don't know the brand. And uh, I use them to kind of clip my nose hairs. Plus, uh, my mustache is getting pretty pretty. Uh, I'm, I'm, I can curl, I can't curl, but I can handlebar it a little bit now. Mm-hmm. It's, it's getting long. I have like a, uh, kind of a Wyatt Earpish, uh, cross, uh, sort of a cross between a magician. <laughs> you have the Doctor Strange going. Uh, yeah. A cross between Doctor Strange and Craven the Hunter. Okay. 
Um, so you, your clippers. I have a pair of little clippers that I use to trim. Um, as far as like product goes, I've been thinking about getting. Uh, it's not quite long enough yet. I've been thinking about getting some kind of uh, beard oil, but I don't know any brands yet. But beard I use uh, this beard oil. It's kind of like a conditioner, so it's not all frizzy and sticking out everywhere. Um, that, gives beard us, balm. that gives it its charm when it's. Yeah, yeah but it's kind of like have... mustache wax. You have to put something on there. If it if it has those ones that are sticking straight out and all, yeah, it does. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. yeah, but the mustache wax I use is called Firehouse. It's very hard and tacky, and I have to blast it with the uh, uh, hair dryer a little bit to soften it up before I use it. But when I wax, I haven't been in a while because I actually have a beard now. But um, when I wax, I use that Firehouse wax. This comes from ATC. <laughs> Andrew, what are your what are your favorite shoes? Like, of all time, or what you have now? I don't know. Hmm. This, these are very weird questions. I like I like low top black Chuck Taylors. Oh. Um. I like the low top Vans with the waffle sole, and I like my Pee Wee Herman boots, my uh, Stacy Adams Madison white boots. I like those two. <laughs> <laughs> I have favorite shoes. Um. Jesus, our favorite shoes. I have a pair of Clarks that I wear to work. They're pretty comfortable, and I like the way they look. I'm looking at them right now, and I have a pair of red socks with robots on the side. Nice. Uh, I those also, at Target? No, I bought those at I online. Those at I bought them online. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think. Well... Jesus Christ, spending too much on this question. That's good. The Clarks <laughs> are fine. Fuck it. Clarks. Okay. Um, I had a pair of Adidas uh, tennis shoes. Now, I'm not saying tennis shoes. They were actually tennis shoes for playing tennis. And mm -hmm. I wore those fuckers, and they were. The, I got them at Myrtle Beach because I, I wore a pair of uh, tennis shoes down there, and they started coming apart. So my brother-in-law wanted to get away from his kid and her friend who were being brats. And uh, so we went to this golf store and they had tennis stuff. And I bought a pair of tennis shoes there, Adidas. And I loved them. And I've tried to find them again. I can't find the exact same style. I find a, found a pair that I thought was close. And they were horrible. They're just really stiff and bleh. But anyway, uh, this comes from Chris B. Um... Who do you want to see as a surprise entrant into the, this year's Royal Rumble? Who will win it? Mm -hmm. And what stupid shit will happen? <laughs> um, let's see. Hey, if you're not keeping up with it, that one's going to be hard for, hard for you to answer. I'll make some. Um, <laughs> I would honestly, I, I, not that I would want him to win. I would totally uh, freak out if The Rock came out. And the Royal Rumble, which I don't think he will, but um, I don't care. Not if a I rock fan. Oh, I liked him. Um, I predict, I predict Roman Reigns wins. Roman Reigns. And what stupid shit will happen? Um, something stupid. Like there was this awful. Oh my God! This the. Last week, uh, on this week's Raw episode, there was this really dumb bit where they had to have 
Dean Ambrose pass like a psych screening to become to take part in the Royal Rumble. So he like laid on a couch and like was talking about shit. And like when they came back, the roles had reversed and the psychiatrist was laying on the couch crying. And it was so like it was painfully bad. Um, So they're probably going to do something bad with him still because, you know, he's not big and uh, they got to shit on little guys for a little while before they ever let him do anything good. Yeah. They usually shit on everybody. Yeah. Okay, I will say surprise entrance. Who would I like to see show up and be a surprise entry in the Royal Rumble? It'd be Honky Tonk Man. <laughs> and we'll see who will win it. I think that Triple H will win, should win it just to piss everybody off. <laughs> And he should just destroy Daniel Bryan in the middle of the ring. Um, like, not like he's nothing. Just not even give him anything. And what stupid shit will happen? Uh, Stephanie will come out in a and put a chair in the middle of the ring and just sit in it. No, Triple H will come out and for a half an hour straight sit in a chair in the middle of the ring and just talk. And just because he can. And, and uh, so that's it. Okay. <laughs> this comes from J.O. <laughs> the Cinemasochist. Yes. Uh, if Daniel Bryan isn't your favorite WWE wrestler, why not? And I will answer that first. I know you've been going first. Uh, it's because <laughs> of Justin Oberholzer. <laughs> nice. His fan, um, his, his fan love for... Daniel Bryan made me hate Daniel Bryan even before I knew who fucking Daniel Bryan even was. <laughs> um, I'll tell you. Okay, two. Th- well, I already talked on it a little bit. I find <laughs> Sorry, his Justin. interviews a little, a little, eh. Um, and <laughs> I fucking hate his intro theme. His 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 entrance music. Like it's his like this. Thighs like, shitty... are really fat too. He's got fat, fat thighs. thighs. Fat pasty. Like he thighs. comes out to this. Like, like, is it is it Rise of the Valkyries or I don't know the the dun, 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 dun. but it's like this crappy like new metal bullshit version of it that's just WWE brands. It's 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 not good. They didn't want to have to pay royalties to Wagner. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 a, I hate his song. There you go. There's another reason he's not my favorite. This comes from BS. Bernie. Uh, Bernie. Sh- well, um, have you ever been having sex with a chick and she put a finger up your butt? <laughs> no, not me. Nope. But I will say this. Uh-oh. Uh oh. I met a girl online. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. She came to my house in the mm-hmm, middle of the night. I never had mm-hmm, even met her. And we watched a movie, and we had sex, and she didn't put her finger up my butt, but she uh, tossed my salad. <laughs> ah. And I did, and, and and believe me, I did not ask for it. It was in a sixty-nine position. And if wow. my sisters are listening to this show, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it was a shock. It was a wow. shock. Yeah. Did you so, clinch up? 
fucking went with the flow. Okay, okay. Yeah, what are you going to do? <laughs> there wasn't nothing I could do about it. You could pinch her tongue with your butt cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> it was different, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, see, same question, but B, Ber- Bernie asks the second question, same question, but with a guy. I will nope. say this. I have had a guy's <laughs> finger up my ass. He was a doctor. What? Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. So, but not he, the question was: Have you ever been having sex with? Yeah. So. Oh, well, I, I didn't say that. I just said he was a doctor. I didn't say it was during examination. Oh. <laughs> it, what, okay. okay. <laughs> no, but I mean, you know, I've had the doctor finger in the butt. Yeah. Um. Have you ever had a guy's finger up your ass when you were having sex? Just the doctor. Okay. <laughs> Must maybe might be the same doctor. Okay. Mm-hmm. This comes from Gronkster. Um, who's going to win the World Rumble? Who's going to win the World Rumble? (laughs) We already went over this. Yeah, way to go. You said Honky Tonk Man, and I say uh, Roman Reigns will win. No wonder he's never going to be on the show again. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Pay attention. Yeah, for God's sakes. Uh, Let's see. This comes from Alan, the Swede. Uh, (laughs) What is more powerful, dynamite or dolomite? <laughs> I'm going dolomite. Dolomite well, depends on depends on how much dynamite. Dude, I've seen dolomite do karate with his boxers pulled all the way up to his chest. <laughs> uh, yeah, I go with dolomite. Let's see. What, what if I it's a whole truck full of dynamite though? We'll see. <laughs> Why you keep asking? Going over the person? Amazon River. Anyway. Okay. Next. This comes from Mr. Iggins. Um. The what is the greatest achievement of your life so far, and what aspirations do you want ahead? Jesus Ooh. Christ. What the fuck is wrong with him? <laughs> my greatest achievement. I, oh, my God. <laughs> Whatever answer I give is going to be depressing. <laughs> like, I haven't, accru- I haven't achieved anything great. I work a fucking retail job at 38. Silver gold. Silver and gold is my greatest achievement. Having a, t- a show, a creative, a solid creative output for more than three consecutive years. There you go. And three consecutive listeners. Yeah, with zero fucking listeners. Okay, and what are your aspirations? What and what aspirations do you want ahead? Um, my aspiration is to find a find something that I can do. That won't leave me miserable at the end of the day. <laughs> what about aspiration? Just find like a, if I could have a job, like an aspiration. I, I, I'm not. I'm not aiming big. I would love to some way someday have a job that you know, the, one of those jobs that people said where they say it's not. It's not going to work. It's like you know when when you like doing it. Yeah. I want to. I, I'd love to have a job where I felt fulfilled and like I enjoyed doing what I was doing. Well, there you go. Uh, my greatest achievement in life would be to never have married any of the psychopaths that I dated and have <laughs> to give them half of my money when we inevitably would have gotten divorced. Yeah. And what are my aspirations? What aspirations do you want ahead? My aspirations are to just be happy and not uh, just, uh, no, nah, let me think. What my aspirations ahead are to turn silver and gold into 
the best podcast named Sylvan Gold. <laughs> we are we are on the way to that one. I honestly will tell you that I have absolutely no aspirations whatsoever <laughs> other than to uh, watch hockey, go mm-hmm. see some hockey games, visit my friends, and ride my motorcycle and spend time with my dogs. Because I just, yeah. you know, life's, it's life's, you just can't sweat the small, the, the big stuff. Don't so sweat the petty things and don't pet the sweaty things. I just want to be, I want to be comfortable and happy. There you go. And I don't need a lot, so that's fine. Okay, this comes from the mighty Max. Oh. Uh, anti-heroes are well-established characters that have a long-lasting affair with global cinema. Can we have anti-villains if so, could you rattle off a couple of names? Well, one yeah. anti-villain would be Max for asking that question. <laughs> Another anti-villain um, is this is uh, Large William. Yes, uh, yes. You know, Darth Vader was an anti-villain. So, would an anti? I wonder, would an anti-villain be somebody that's not ultimately out? Like, like the Joker would be a pure villain. But like Darth Vader has a an aspiration other than being evil, so would that be what an an anti villain is? Maybe. Fuck. Like, um, like Darth Vader would be one. Um, Doctor Doom. Yeah. Uh, he's yeah. yeah he's he kind has of a dick, he has morphed into. That's the thing about Marvel. I mean, if somebody's been around long enough, they will. They could be. They could take. I'm gonna fucking Charles Manson, and if they, if they do enough comics of Charles Manson, they will create that he was doing all of it for a reason. He really has a good heart, and he'll turn into a hero. Fuck what about what about Magneto to keep it in the comic book realm? Yeah. Yeah. And they they did the same thing with him. He was purely a bad guy, and then they said, well. He really wasn't because aliens took his body and regressed him to a baby, and the whole time that he was bad, it was an alien pretending to be a man. Just stupid shit. What about Hitler? <laughs> Hitler definitely anti- Oh, wait, no. Was he an anti-villain because even though he did horrible things, he thought he was doing the right thing? What if you <laughs> nope. think you're doing the right thing? No? No, that's... Yeah, it, no, see, yeah, that would be like... Well, no, I know say, people like, that think Jeffrey he's just Dahmer a was an anti-villain. Well, he just was hungry. Is that wrong? <laughs> Do you get hungry? Yes. I, I'm always hungry. Yeah, okay. Let's, let's, that, was, that was a little too deep. Jesus, Max, Christ <laughs> what, what do you think this is? Yeah, this comes from Scott... <laughs> from Married with Clickers podcast, Scott Clickers... Uh, most rewarding and least rewarding aspect of doing Sylvan Gold. <laughs> most rewarding. Um, I'll tell. Most rewarding is um, you know, and I'll go back to that being that the the creative output. This show, whether I want it to or not, it forces me to be a little more critical and um, more... To interact with a human being. <laughs> that's Well, yeah, there you go. 
something close to it. I talk I talk more when we record than I maybe do the entire week socially uh, combined. Um, the like it it has me at le- for at least two movies a week like looking at things a different way than I would normally. It's not just laying on the couch and fucking halfway paying attention to an episode of Frasier. It's it's you know I'm looking at something and and dissecting it a little more. So that's what I get out of it. Um, as for the what was the other part of it? Least rewarding aspect, answering rewarding? questions. Yes, yeah. <laughs> we well, this is this was something we created ourselves though. Um, yeah. We're least rewarding. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, sometimes it's like you know you, you you put a lot of time into the show, and then some you know then sometimes you feel like well. When do we do when that? Was that really that good, or what? <laughs> when do we put a lot of time into the show? Well, you know, we got to watch two movies in the week. That's already yeah. that's the amount of time. Then, Ugh. then there's the whole there's the recording process. There's the uh, putting it together and releasing it and and plugging it and all the stuff afterwards. So, you know, it, it's it's a lot of work for probably not as much reward as most people would want out of it. But <laughs> the least know. rewarding is doing all this shit and then looking and seeing how many people listen to. It. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> working at it for as long as you have and realizing your listener base is probably the exact same as when you started. Yeah. Um, I would say my most rewarding is just getting to bullshit and talk movies with Loaf every fucking week. Uh, yeah. Every time, no matter... We've said this before. Any, I mean, watching the movie sometimes, it can be a grind, and a lot of times it's just like school where you had to ha- you have to, have to do your homework or study and you wait till the last second and you make it a grind yeah. because you put it off and build it up in your head. Oh, I've got to watch this fucking movie. Uh. Um, but then once we do it, we always have a good time. Bullshit. Talk. Yeah. Laugh. Have a few laughs. Um, laugh and laugh. Least rewarding aspect of doing silver and gold would be... I'll tell you another least or a less rewarding thing is the fact that I kind of am tied more to Facebook than I would normally like to be. Yeah. There's the, yeah, it is. Uh, that, I was thinking about that the other day that, uh, because, uh, I was listening to Ralph Nader podcast and he was talking about how people, uh, you, you, um, well, the one guy that he was talking to said, I've sat in a restaurant the other day with four of my friends and I felt like I was sitting there by myself because everybody was on their cell phones and everybody was, you know, texting yeah. or looking at Facebook and stuff like that. Uh, I know I spend a lot of time on Facebook, just on the groups. Uh, a lot of times just trying to start discussions and stuff like that. And everything. But I mean, it's fun and, and it's talking to friends and everything, but it yeah. does take up some time. Uh, but I would say the least rewarding part is listening to my alarm in the kitchen right now go off over and over <laughs> and over while I sit here and finish this up. No, I like it. Uh, they're really, to me, you know, there's not that much of it that's that's not rewarding. I, I it's fun. If it wasn't, if I wouldn't do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's see. This comes from the Frost Giant. Uh, Muff or no muff in adult movies. I he said he is old school, seventies and uh, that kind of guy, which obviously means that he likes the bush. So do you so like wait, the bush? He, now now muff here just means oh. vagina. I don't know if muff in Australia means like bit like pubic hair. I think he's talking about pubic hair. So we'll so go, like, we'll give no, three I don't things. Like big bushes. We'll say big bush, trimmed bush, or bald eagle. 
Um, I go trimmed or bald. I don't like big bushes. I think they're kind of gross. I especially don't like if you're gonna if you're if you're gonna have bush, just have it on the and top. Is this I don't just, like. Okay, this is in adult movies. This isn't like what you're eating. Right. So what do you think? Oh, I still <laughs> I don't I don't, still I don't like seeing I don't like seeing hair go all the way through the crotch to the asshole. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of. I I will say this. Um, as far as actually participating. I don't like hair just because I don't like hair in my mouth. I've said right. that before. You know, you kind of get some hair in the back of your throat. It's kind of hard to maintain what you're doing and try and be sexy while you're trying to reach in there and gag with your fingers trying to get a hair out of the back <laughs> of your throat. Um, I hate when people say, use the analogy of, uh, I've had girls tell me, especially girls, uh, n- n- girls from this era, are more likely to be shaved because it's mm-hmm. become more acceptable. Whereas girls from say my era and back aren't. And they would say stuff like guys that like girls that shave down, uh, shave everything down there are like pedophiles because they want to have sex with kids because that's the way kids don't have hair down there. It's like, no, you dumb fuck. Your simplistic stupidity is unbelievable. I don't want to have fucking hair in my mouth when I'm eating your pussy, okay? Now, number two, I had another girl that said, if a guy likes to to give anal sex to a girl, that means he's secretly a homosexual because that's how homosexuals have sex. Another fucking moronic, stupid thing just because you don't want it. You have either never tried it or don't like it. That's dumb. If you're having sex with a guy, if you're a guy and you're having anal sex with a guy that means you're gay if you're having sex with a woman (laughs) and you're attracted to women and you're putting it in their butthole that means you're straight but you like the way it feels or hey guess what guys suck each other's dicks too but if i want to fuck your mouth and you're a girl that doesn't mean i'm secretly gay they just come up with stupid (laughs) shit like that now as far as movies go i don't like too big like old like seven because i grew up 70s movies and 80s and stuff like that um, I don't like uh, like you said. I don't like a big. I watched a Tracy. It was the only. I think there Tracy Lords only did like one movie where she was of age. It's called Tracy. Mm-hmm. I love you, and she's in like France, and she had hair, but it was trimmed down nice and tight. And this girl who was just gorgeous that she was having a lesbian thing with had this bush that was stood up <laughs> at least an inch and a half or more mm. and i was like oh my god Blah. okay that's enough time on that but i I went on a rant okay. there jesus i mean but that just, <laughs> i always hated when girls would say stupid shit like that you know it's like give me a break Fucking to each his own. You don't like it, but you know you're either calling so, oh, you're you're a pedophile or you're uh, a, a closeted homosexual because you like to do this. You know, bullshit. Yep. It's the truth. I am. I admit it. Okay. Um, <laughs> this comes from Bernie. Yeah, Bernie giving us another one. Um, oh. What about my second second question, Andrew? Well, let's oh, see. never Andrew, mind. What do you think about that? Okay. <laughs> Okay, it wasn't this, a question. Is, this is from Eric uh, for Loaf. This is just for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. For Loaf, when I had to get the heart monitors and such attached last week, it was miserable having them shave my stomach, chest, groin, and groin area. 
they mm. shave your groin area for your heart monitor. Um, let's see. Yeah, I guess if they have to, to do a uh, like a catheter or something, or like a, yeah. what is the thing where they put the thing up inside, like through your through your crotch to your heart. Yeah, they did called. that. Uh, they catheterization in your uh, artery. They did that to me too. Yeah. Um, let's see. You have mentioned manscaping before, so any recommendations for uh, something mm. I could buy and use myself ahead of my next stent procedure? So he had the same thing I had. Go for their uh, Philips or Norelco. It might be the same thing. There's a thing called the the body groom. It looks like a thing you shave your face with, but it's or it's like a mix between that and a fat like face razor. Um, it turns on like a face razor, but you don't want to shave your face with it because the the little the the screen on it is too open. But it does an amazing job without cut like cutting you. And it, it's fast, takes the hair off. It's good. And it, it doesn't make it quite smooth if you don't want. It's got two, like a trimmer on both sides and the screen. So you can get it pretty pretty good. It's, it's, a, it's a nice little thing. They're pretty cheap, too. So. I the body groom, to go, go for it. I have these uh, stress tests. So they make you ride the treadmill until you can't ride it anymore. And uh, they just make it go up. The, the elevation go up higher and higher and faster and faster. So even if you, even if you, were, if you were a marathon runner, it doesn't matter. They're going to do it until you can't do it anymore. And, you know, they're going to, yeah. they're, they're testing you to your limit. And they put those uh, sticky pads with the electric things to monitor your heart on your chest and your, your stomach and stuff like that. And I go in there and I'm kind of hairy and they, they would shave just the places where they would put them. So then I'd walk out like uh, <laughs> Steve Carell from, 40 year old virgin where he just had the patches. So then one time I went in, I thought, okay, before I go in there, I'm going to, you know, take the clippers and cut all the hair off so that the pads will stick. I wish I would have just left the, had him do the patches because it itches when it comes back in and it just is a pain in the ass. Uh, the patches only take a while to kind of fill back in. You know, I, I've shaved like completely a few times and mm -hmm. my friend Chad gave me a piece of advice one time because he had done it. He goes, unless you have a completely flat stomach, don't do it because when you shave the hair off, you look <laughs> even fatter. So I, I just don't, don't, I don't have a lot of belly hair, so I'm good there. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I I remember, Eric's had some, Eric's had some, some, he, he had a health scare, so we're, yeah. we, we hope he's, uh feeling better i know he was going to the dock last week so i guess everything's turned out all right so yeah, we hope good. you feel better um there's nothing when you're laying on the slab in the emergency room and it's fucking and uh they take all your clothes off somebody said oh is it embarrassing when they come in and you know and they shave your cock and or your your fucking pubic hair and your down under your balls and everything because they go up right where your thigh comes up into your pelvis you know that that's right where they go up through there and uh i said let me tell you something when you fucking have a heart when you had a heart attack and you're laying there and there's doctors and you don't know if you're gonna live you don't give a shit that guy comes in and grabs your cock and balls and pulls them over to the side and starts shaving you you don't give a fuck that's the last <laughs> thing you care about and you start yeah. thinking you start thinking uh God, you know, I was thinking about paying, you know, about paying your car payment or your bills for the month and everything. And you're like, I might not come out of this. It might, none of that shit means anything. So that's another, yeah. when you say don't sweat the, some, the little things, the petty things. Yeah. 
you think they're big things and they're really not because yeah. in two seconds they could mean absolutely nothing so there it's <laughs> <laughs> a horse though now so you know i'll be around for a long time <laughs> and so will eric they can do wonders these days yeah. uh that's about it people yeah. nice all right, so show. next week, next week on the show, yeah, we got an epic show today. Uh, next week on the show, we're gonna do uh, a spoiled brat double feature. Uh, we are gonna cover or a spoiled child double feature. We're gonna do the Prodigal Son kung fu movie from 1981, Jump. and we're gonna cover Pee Wee's Big Adventure from 1985. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect match, these two. Are you so. gonna wear your shoes while we do the episode? Maybe so. Um, no, I'm usually barefoot. I haven't seen this movie in a long time, and I think they just put it, put it out on Netflix Instant. So I wonder if it's on blue. I think it is. I bet it is. They should have a criteria. Mm. I honestly got no shit. They should have a criterion for people. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Zom says they should have a criterion. Okay. Um, you can always send us feed sack to 206-339-1600 or silvagoldpodcast at gmail.com. Find us on iTunes and Stitcher and our website at silvaandgold.com and join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash silvaandgold. That's where we post our questions and such and stuff. So, I guess that's about it for us this week. Sam, do you have anything else, sir? I have nothing. I gave it all. Gave it all. We are leaving empty, broken men. Well, until next week... This is a low suit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's all. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>